Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I'm joined by... Andy Grimuga, he, him. Emilio Diaz, he, him. And, and we're missing Cullen this week. <laughs> yeah, no Cullen. Cullen uh, was banned from Sundance. Yes, we weren't successfully <laughs> able to bully Cullen into seeing any of the virtual reality things at, at, yeah. at Sundance, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was his beat, and he... Uh, completely he failed us. Off. <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah, we're talking Sundance today. We've all seen... Seen Jesus. <laughs> we have a guest today. Jesse, introduce that our guest. That was what I was today. about to get to. Yeah. We're joined by, uh, from the podcast, Ain't Debuts, our favorite guest, Jack Reed. What's up, y'all? Yay. Jack Reed, he, him, and I'm glad to be back here with y'all. Okay. Thanks for coming by, Jack. Yeah. So we're going to go chronologically through the films that we've seen yes not all the films which yeah well i'll probably talk about everything yeah i mean i saw saw like five movies i i I got 11 on here so andy i feel like you're the one who isn't gonna say everything that's true i saw yeah i saw like 25 features i think and then like a shorts program yeah yeah Yeah. it's true um i had the press pass um 24 features is what i saw jesus christ I saw three. I know. Um, all right, so I guess to start with uh, the opening day, I watched a bunch of sh- uh, one of the live live action shorts programs. Uh, they were fine. Uh, not going to get into any of them. Uh, but the the first movie that I saw was uh, the, perhaps the one you've heard about uh, if you've heard about any one movie out of Sundance, and that is the film Coda. Uh, which we talked a little bit about in our preview. It's uh, that's an acronym for Child of Deaf Adults. Uh, it is uh, the story of like a it's a high school girl uh, who is the child of deaf adults. She's the only hearing person in her family. All her uh, brother and her two, and her two parents are both deaf, um, and she uh, is you know graduating high school. They're they're, they're uh, she helps out with her family's like fisherman business. Like she's, she's out on a boat a lot with them and she sort of starts to get, uh, it's, 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 a, you know, it's sort of a coming of age tale, right? She's like graduating high school and it's like dealing with ideas about like separating out and leaving your family behind. And that's all sort of compounded by the fact that, uh, she, you know, throughout her life, she has often been her family's sort of main tether to the hearing world and, like, has had those responsibilities put upon her in addition to the fact that, like, you know, she uh, is trying to be a normal kid. Um, she is developing developing an interest in singing uh, throughout the course of the movie. She joins a, a, the, the choir. Um, yeah, and, and the, the reason you may have heard about this movie is that it both had a massive sale, uh, like, two days in. Uh, it sold to, to Apple TV. Apple TV yes. Plus. Yes. Oh, is it not Plus anymore? No, it's still it's still yeah. Apple TV Plus. It's definitely going to get seen there too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they paid. Well, Everyone was... will see it, yeah. just like on the rocks. Yes. And uh, Greyhound. I mean, they have had some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and if you buy, they keep extending the free trial. 
Like if, <laughs> because if you, <laughs> it's because if you bought like an Apple device in the last year, they're like, uh-huh. here, have a free year of Apple TV Plus. And I guess the stated reason is just like it's still the pandemic or whatever, but yeah. they keep bumping it up like three mu- months. That's what I time. keep hearing. I upgraded my phone last <laughs> summer, and I already had an account. And they were like, "Oh, you're you're giving us more money than you would if you just started paying for an Apple TV Plus. So we're just gonna give you the next year free." Yeah. So I'm still coasting um, on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's you know I've watched a couple of things on there. Uh, there's, I mean, their shows are definitely better than their films right now right. i'd say like, i mean yeah they know. had wolf walkers too that was like a good yeah 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 um but yeah so there i mean the, it's it's a thing like i mean i know emilio's been like has had some theories and stuff about the business side of all this stuff uh they paid what like 25 26 million they paid 25 25 million, million. Yeah. 25 million. Dakota? uh yeah. yes Jesus. which is breaking the record by yeah, that's like insane. several million wow yeah, um, the yeah. Palm Springs record last mm-hmm. year was seventeen million dollars and wow. sixty. Was it sixty nine dollars or sixty nine cents? Sixty nine cents, I believe. Yeah, yes. okay. that's crazy. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, they're just trying. It's like streamers have to pay more for movies than traditional studios. They, yeah. they don't like, they don't have the buffer of like, well, we can offer people back ends, so they just have to right. pay. Like, if it was a success up front, so that that record is going to continue getting broken until I don't know until theaters die, and then they can yeah. start paying less money for them. That's just going to keep happening. So that's great. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if that uh, Palm Springs deal became effectively larger once it went directly to Hulu. I don't know how. Yeah, that, that would be yeah. interesting to know because they were part of it, but not the entirety of it. Yeah, it was Deb and Neon. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They obviously have a relationship because everything Neon ends up on Hulu mm-hmm. anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah it, um, I wonder how that ended up working out for them. Yeah, interesting question. Um, but yeah, and the other thing about Coda is it like won three juried prizes and the audience award like yeah, it right won. it's like every award they yeah. could go to coda went to coda right nice. they like yeah um which like i get it it's like a real crowd pleaser yeah it's did you like pretty... it i liked it cool i am like it was like maybe the like the fourth or fifth best movie i saw at the festival okay. i think cool um uh it's it's pretty broad yeah early on okay uh there's like a lot of like the director is uh sean hater who um we talked a li- she made Tallulah, which is a netflix oh, yeah. movie yeah um and she she worked on orange is the new black is mm-hmm. like i think her biggest other credit right and like you sort of get the mm-hmm. like comedy of that sort of thing where it's like pretty big jokes and like broad stuff like especially like Eugenio Derbez plays the choir teacher, mm-hmm. and that is, like, a very big Eugenio Derbez performance. Like, it's, yeah. uh, he's doing a lot and, like, is, like, yelling and is, like, got, quir- he's quirky and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, you know, it's got, it's, it's got a lot of that stuff in it. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, a lot of, like, a, ooh, like, deaf people make, like, dirty jokes and stuff, too, sort of, like, jokes early on. Okay, sure. It sort of settles down as it goes on. And is, yeah. like, much more interested in, like, examining the relationships mm-hmm. as uh, the main character is, like, coming to terms with the fact that she might be right. leaving her family and not. And, like, 
there's some really really lovely scenes with like her and her parents and her brother and mm-hmm. like all these all these like in all these scenes and and I and I think like and a lot of the stuff they've been talking about is like how important getting authentic of the of the sign was right, and all the yeah. and all the deaf culture stuff. Absolutely. Um, they talked a lot about in like the Q and A about like there were like she wrote the script and then she like worked with like a bunch of people to like figure out what the sign grammar would mm-hmm. be and all that with right. that and like. There were, like, many people who were working on the set, and, like, she also made a point to try to learn as much sign as possible herself, mm. and, and, like, that sort of thing. So, they're, like, there's a lot of, like, I think it's 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 cool to see right. deaf characters and sign featured so prominently in what is aiming to be a big mass audience movie. Um, I do sort of, like, I was wishing a little bit more that it would settle down, especially earlier on, but right. uh, I think it sort of gets there by the end of it. It'll be interesting, I think, to hear how, like the deaf community responds to it as it comes out because like mm-hmm. I, as far as I know there weren't any uh, I mean I'm sure there were especially with how accessible Sundance had to be this year but I I didn't mm-hmm. read any you know writing from from you know deaf perspectives so I yeah it'll be interesting to see that and I, I I'm I'm pretty grateful that that's between that and Sound of Metal, which I know you all have talked about, I'm pretty grateful that that's going to be um, a conversation. Have you guys talked? I, thought... I don't think we've not really. really. No, I, I haven't seen so. it. Oh, yeah. fuck. I, f- I feel like I felt you. I, I You know what? I, I think it's that I've talked to Cullen about it. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, and Amelia, I know I know you really like it, too. Um, um, but it... Right? Am I going... I'm not inventing a conversation with you, am I? I... Hmm. We've ta- I feel like I feel like we have talked about it. Probably. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little like many a film I have watched in the last year. Mm-hmm. I am sort of met on it, but I do sure. enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Now, Andy, so. you said something that's entirely beside the point, but that <laughs> borderline shocked me. What? What's you that? saw 24 movies and you went to Q and A's? Oh, I mean. <laughs> Early on, certainly. Okay. Um, <laughs> th- th- I did not go to every Q and A, but uh, I went it, to not a single. No, I right, mean, yeah, well, I went like to it one. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to a yeah. few. It was just like because th- it would pop up on my Apple TV sure. of like the live Q and A, and it was like an easy thing to click on to to mm-hmm. have it start play and then like play oh, in the background yeah, as I yeah. like did business and stuff. Of course, like yeah. it did mm-hmm. not. None of them had my full attention for the whole time. Sure. I watched the um, Gerard sure. Carmichael Q and A. I think yes. that was it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other, the only other thing I want to say about Coda is just specifically to shout out um, Marley Matlin mm-hmm. and Troy Kutzer, uh, who are the, the the two parents who are both like really extraordinary in the movie. Great. Uh, he like I know he specifically has done like a lot of work work with Deaf Deaf West, uh, the uh, the the Deaf Theater mm-hmm. uh, troupe, um, and it's yeah it's very yeah. cool to see them get like such meaty parts. To, yeah. To, to play. Awesome. I'm pretty excited to see that. Like, again, I just, I, I between that and Sound of Metal, I'm really glad to see that perspective on yeah. screen more lately and have it not just be, like, the tribe, which is not, you guys remember the tribe, right? I the, remember it. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah, it's, see it's, 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 That director has had a movie that, like, supposedly is done for, like, mm-hmm. three years? Yeah. Something's going on with him. Well, yeah. I mean, the tribe is fine. It's just like for, for like, it's one of the only examples of like sign language like on screen right. prominently in a while until mm-hmm. like recently um, for like a major release. And, you know, that was the of... one where it's like no subtitles, right? Like that. Was, yeah, like, the which I thing with that one, I I uh, think is a weird uh, kind of an odd 
choice. Um, yeah. But seems like an odd choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I saw the first night was uh, Summer of Soul right. or the Revolution in, that was not televised, um, uh, which is Questlove's movie. Mm-hmm. It's a doc about um, the uh, Harlem Cultural Festival in the late '60s. Uh, it's uh, it's it's good. It's it, that's also one. Did it win jury? That won the U.S. Documentary, yeah, US doc. Prize. right? And I believe also yeah, the audience. Yeah, very prize. successful opening day mm-hmm. for opening mm-hmm. night for Sundance, which is not traditional. Mm-hmm. Colin, cut this out. <laughs> Sorry, my white screen uh, played an ad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, so I saw that, uh, it was, it's, yeah, it's very good, uh, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it showcases a lot of, like, incredible performances, as you might imagine, um, you know, you see, like, um, uh, you know, just so many different people, uh, performing, Nina Simone is, like, prominently featured, there's, like, so many cool acts featured, Stevie Wonder, um, it's, you know, it's a little bit, like, I sort of, my you know it's a little bit like PBSy in that it's like you know like a bunch of old bunch of legacy music acts uh sort of featured but but also like it does do a lot of work to be like this like this thing was very political and mm-hmm. like was trying to assert like black culture as like an important thing when at a time where it maybe wasn't always perceived as such and like that and why haven't we been hearing about it since it was the same summer as Woodstock or what like all that like that that's very present in the movie uh, I think it's very solid and very enjoyable, and like nice. yeah, especially if the, any of those musical artists you're interested in, like it's got like great footage of all of them uh, performing. Yes, and what I was saying was that it seems like it was a very successful opening night for Sundance, yes. which is not necessarily traditionally the case. I think they've made a conscious effort to change that the last five or so years, and even that has had varying levels of success i mean i think like whiplash was maybe the opening night and there have been other there have been other big successes and there have maybe been other times when the grand jury prize winner played opening night but it is often seen as skippable i think that's interesting yeah i mean i mean kind of like toronto sure and but I guess... not as much of the like we're g- they don't do like the we're gonna get the magnificent seven to play opening night. right. I mean, and I guess it is like it's interesting when you're thinking about a virtual fest, right? Where it's not like like people aren't like flying in still, right? Like right. when the opening yeah. night movie is. So you That's like true. You really can feel like you have like the full audience's attention, yeah. and mm-hmm. it is, and because it's like the first thing to remember here, and there's not like screenings all day before. It like it's a it's your maybe your only chance to schedule something super flashy in the evening where it'll be like the only thing people are talking about for a while. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if like the virtual fest opening night film is like just by its nature gonna be more like they're gonna make a, make more of a point to like make sure it's like a big movie that's that people are gonna like and talk about. Yeah, that makes sense. 
It we this uh, Summer Soul seems to not have distribution yet, which is weird considering this seems to be like something that should be very easy to pick up and yeah. distribute and market, especially yeah. given the current situation. Yeah. I'm trying That's to yeah. think who did um Amazing Grace, the Lume from Neon. The Lume? That's I Neon. It's also Neon. Okay. Yeah. Cuz it's on Hulu. So right. probably neon. <laughs> no, it, it's yeah, it's neon. I I remember watching that movie with the neon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of it. yeah. Interesting. Neon well, picked up at least it. one other thing at the festival, or a couple things at the festival. Yeah, neon um, will also always pick stuff up. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to it. I, I just sure. sorry, I've I've been a little out of it. I've just everything we've talked about. I'm trying to figure out if it has distribution or not. I'm trying to figure that. So and just like looking at lists, sure. figuring out yeah. who the distributors are. So I'm a little all over the place it's good no it's it's good good to have that okay before. so did anyone else watch something on opening night i saw nothing on opening no. night okay yeah. so i saw one further road it is That's right right a thai movie by director i want to get his name right give me a second mm-hmm. it, it it seems to be boss poon priya Piria, I I do not speak Thai. I'm very sorry, but I, that is what his name seems to be uh, said like. Uh, it is I mostly saw it because it's produced by Wong Kar Wai, so it was just interesting because he does not seem to be a person who attaches his name to a lot of things. So I'm just mm-hmm. interested if there were any like stylistic similarities, and it's weird mm-hmm. because there are, but only for like a section of it. It's a weird movie. So the movie yeah. is centered around. It's basically. This guy, he's like a big party. He's a big party boy over in, over in New York. He, he like run. He like runs a right. bar. He get. He gives ladies free drinks. He's having sex right. all the time. Like and very fancy drinks. It's like yeah. He's like lighting oranges on fire and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then he gets a call from an old friend of his who used to live with him in New York, but has since returned to to Thailand. Who is like. Yeah, I have cancer, so I need you to come here so we can, like, go through the last motions of my life and we can, like, go sure. on this road trip. It's, like, a very, like, sort of generic thing that the very Sundance movie, yeah. like, sort of premise. So the movie starts out, and it's this road trip where at the beginning the guy tells him, like, oh, I just need you to drive me to this one place. I want to give this one thing back to this one lady I dated so I can have closure with her or whatever. So they go, they do that. It's a very, like, nice, like, segment. And then at the end of that, he's like, okay, so I lied to you. I I need you to drive me around to the house of every single one of my exes so I can give each and every one of them something to say goodbye, so I can say goodbye to them. And at that point, I was like, ah, is this going to be, like, weird? This seems like one of those weird premises that don't really work. But to the movie's credit for, like, this section, they, like, do a good job of being, like, well, this person doesn't want to see them, so they just, like, end up not seeing them. And they, like, they are more aware than I would think they would have been to be, like, well, this is sort of, like, weird emotional terrorism. You don't want to just pop up to every single person at the end of your life and just, like, barge in, especially when you ha- you've yep. had a complicated relationship with them and you yeah. don't want to just, like, reappear whenever. Mm-hmm. So they do that. They hit that for a couple of beats, and it's, like, pretty charming. The two leads are, like, pretty charming together. There are some good mm-hmm. bits. There's some, like, weird mm-hmm. style. The, like, camera's, like, all over the place. There are, like, these weird bits. It's like This is so- the bad genius guy, right? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. 
So yeah. I have not seen any of his previous films, but I've heard that he is like a very like interesting stylistic guy. I've heard of compared to people like Fincher and stuff like that. This is like a little more like this is a more of a goofy movie until they like hit the last girlfriend. This sort of spoilers, but it's not sort of not. They hit the last like girlfriend beat like halfway through the movie, Uh and you're Mm -hmm. like, like what's the rest of this movie? And then they like sit down at a bar and they have like a hour long flashback. That is, like, telling this complicated story about, like, this love triangle that they used to have mm-hmm. and the sort of thing that ruined their friendship and this and their past. And yep. it, and all of a sudden, it goes stylistically, like, from, I said, like, a weird, like, finchery, like, over-the-top style thing to going to fucking Moonlight. And it's, like, beautiful shots, jazzy, like, sub-Nicholas Bratel score, just, like... <laughs> long shots of people touching and falling in love and learn and like sort of it sounds great and like sort of weird i here's the weird thing okay at the it's like one of those things where it's like every single movie it wants to be i think it's good at i don't think it can reconcile both those movies like the the ending is very weird and it just can't really reconcile the sort of movie that it wants to be at the end it's like yeah it doesn't know if the end was like the like the happy like oh it worked we're like friends we're gonna get back together we're gonna have fun or the the, like very tortured like sometimes you can't go home again like thing so the ending sort of leaves like a weird taste in your mouth but i mm-hmm. had a great time this is like weirdly my favorite movie of sundance and it's not a me- even a movie i love but it is a movie that i think is worth watching and pretty funny that's cool yeah i did i catch up i caught up with this one later i was much more into the first section and then when it did like the extended flashback i like it, i got a little more distractible during it and i do agree it's sort of like it the threading the needle at the end is very strange uh, but yeah, I think like there is a lot of f- cool style in it, and I think it's yeah, it is very engageable. I think yeah, the actors are really really fun to watch. Yeah, the um, lead guy is maybe one of the f- top five most handsome people I've ever seen in a movie. God, he's yeah, like insane looking. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. I think I think it's definitely worth a watch for sure. Yeah, nice. I, very worth watching. It has I no have, dis- um, it has no distributor, so I don't know how you can watch it. But uh, I have handsome on my mind today because I just watched Martin Eden. Hey. And- King of handsome. handsome, fucking handsome. He's a handsome guy. The Marnie is a little more weird handsome. The, the no, yeah, I mean he's he's handsome in a way where I'm like I can't wait to see you play the villain in a Nolan movie in like five years, like that kind of handsome. Yeah, yeah. But the guy in one for you know what? I'm gonna look for his name. His name is Senapab. God, I'm so bad. Jesse's the the Thai name expert here, so maybe he can check it out as the person who can. I would not refer to myself <laughs> as a Thai name expert. <laughs> yeah, sh- the I person mean... who once conned Colin Ashley out of like ten dollars for being able to pronounce a picture pong with <laughs> weird circles <laughs> name. That's true. I do admire Jesse. She will just like she will say a a, a name that is. Uh, not natural for for native English speakers and do a pretty good job with it usually. And I, uh, uh, sure. What name am I looking for? The first one in the Wikipedia. Page. The guy's name is Boss. I'm an IMDb. Boss is the character name. Boss. Yeah. He's only is ever referred to Boss? Go to Wikipedia. This is not the worth worth the time it's taking. You no, know what? <laughs> we can move on to another movie. He's very good in the movie. He's very charming and charismatic and he's very Great. hot. Look at the movie whenever it has a distributor. Sorry yeah. we can't pronounce names correctly. <laughs> yes. Um yeah. Uh so Okay. We're gonna move on to January twenty ninth. Yes. 
Uh, so the first thing I watched on January 29th was a movie that had premiered the night before, which was Flea, which is my favorite movie that I saw in the mm. festival. Um, uh, how much, which ri- is... how much rich, Red Hot Chili Peppers content is there? Now, now. <laughs> it's F-L-E-E. Uh, it's so like away. Also, that you would expect me to recognize any Red Hot Chili Peppers content is perhaps a folly on your part. Um, Flea's a famous the, person, Andy. You can't tell me you don't know who Flea I, is. I mean, I know who Flea is. <laughs> Flea's in uh, the Sparks Brothers, right? He does make it. Yeah, yeah, Sparks for a little bit. He's yeah. also in the Wild yeah. Thornberries, which didn't play Sundance, but he's in it. So. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Needed to make that I mean, uh, right. Um, I, I, yes, it's F L E E. It's uh, the story. Uh, it's it's a true. It's a documentary, but it's it's animated uh for the most part there's like yeah. a little bit of archival footage uh that is live action but otherwise for the most part it is animated and it's mm. the story of this guy uh who left afghanistan um fled afghanistan uh and uh ended up first in russia and then like it's basically the story of 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 him as a child mm-hmm. leaving afghanistan and uh his like experiences uh as like a refugee um and so it but the but the thing is is because it's animated right so basically the meat of the movie is mostly just like uh, several interview sessions with the guy that the director did um which i don't have the director's name um, um hang on it's jonas boher rasmussen is the yep, yes. director's name yeah um yes amazing uh, stuff yeah yeah um, and so, right. And, but so, so because it's mostly just this guy telling his own story, but then it's animated, the animation really like takes leaps and like really like tells much of the story, uh, that is springing from what this guy is saying. Yeah. So like, there's like, it's just like tremendous transitions from like the guy, like lying down and like being like, well, mm-hmm. let me see what I remember or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like, all of a sudden you're like in the middle of Afghanistan and he's like running around and yeah uh and, and and stuff uh and so you learn you learn a, a lot about him and a lot about his journey uh and i think it's just yeah it's just really really compelling really really fascinating really really just great to look at um you know the thing yeah i just you sort of thinking about like the inherent like naturalism of the documentary stuff format that is just like a talking head sort of thing and then like you have this like fantastical element with like the way that the animation is able to accomplish stuff and i think just think that like juxtaposition in the movie is just like so exciting and so like tremendous that i was like so like electrified by the movie it was was my favorite thing that i saw it's i i watched it on your recommendation andy and it is um like i again that that quality that you um that you talked about um about how it is you know it's it's a documentary but it's but it is animated and so because of that there are like the way they move uh from moment to moment these transitions feel so heightened um and it's just really um i mean it's just really stunning stuff the animation itself like changes formats Mm -hmm. a couple of times it's 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 gorgeous and it makes me think a lot about how um um i was just thinking about that like you know on the incredibles dvd how Brad Bird mm-hmm. on the featurettes is like yelling about how animation is a medium, not a genre. And I think about that yeah. in the same regards with documentary too. Like it is an entirely different form of storytelling than, than narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding a way to bridge those two things together is like really, um, I loved it. And we've seen that before. Like there's that there we've seen t- bits and pieces of that and other, other things before, but I never quite like this and never to this extent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really special, and I, I like. I, I I wish that I had. I could have watched it again in the time period that I had it, uh, and mm-hmm. I really wish that I'd made the time for it. But it, it does that have distribution yet? It is neon. Yeah, neon. Pick, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which that's is right. a, yeah. a good fit for it. Yeah, I that's think. very good. So I will be very jazzed to see that again uh, when it's out because I just I really thought it was special and um, yeah. Very neon, good. big into the docs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neon does a good job with docs. They'll yeah. like they'll they'll make a right. a doc into like a buzzy hit, which yeah. is not always easy to do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They. Yeah. We've talked about Amazing Grace. Apollo Eleven was them. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The three identical uh, uh, strangers. strangers. Yeah. Um. Was them. Yeah. They've. Yeah. I think they've done a good job. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, I saw a couple of other docs on the 29th. Um, I saw Homeroom, which is a doc about uh, a senior class uh, in Oakland uh, in the last year, in the 2019-2020 school year, um, and uh, which so is is real. It's good. Uh, the first half or so is like it has like a, a a smart sort of narrative structure because the first half gets to be about. Uh, largely about their efforts to expel the police from their school system, which does not succeed. And then uh, in the second half of the year after the pandemic hits and all the George Floyd um, uh, protests and movements and all those things happen, like you sort of see the contrast in the way that that stuff happens. And I think it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a well captured that, that, that sort of uh, transition between those two environments. Um, I saw the Rita Moreno documentary, uh, which is charming. She's got some interesting stories to tell in that. Um, uh, and then, yeah, the next thing I saw that day was something some other people saw, which is Crypto Zoo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesse, Jesse saw also. Uh, uh, she was not a fan. I was also. I'm not, not a yeah. fan. I'm just like, it doesn't quite work, and I can't mm-hmm. tell why. It doesn't quite work for me. Right? I don't know what yeah. to tell you because it, because it, you know, it's been like almost a week since I saw it, and I have, it's it's only grown in my estimation. So I, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and I, yeah. I I had not seen um, all of uh, my entire high school sinking into the sea. The the last yeah, Dash I Shaw thought that. Feature. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, um, which I think Sarah's also Michael Sarah's also in. Um, he's in CryptoZoo in a very good. weird little bit that I like did not realize it was I didn't clock it was him until like later in the movie. Um, he's that dude at the beginning, but uh, yes. and I also know him because he uh, Dash Shaw because he did some work with he started working with a uh, uh, John Cameron Mitchell on Rabbit Hole um, and some other things. So it's um, mm. yeah, um, but I man I loved CryptoZoo and I did not expect to really, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it's like. It's like my brand of strange, and and Jesse, you saw a movie that we'll we'll talk about soon that was like very your brand of strange that didn't yes. totally that I didn't like totally vibe with, and I and I, I, I Sundance is a really good place for for these kinds of films, I think, but Cryptozoo is um, it's a weird narrative, and it's weird because it it feels like it should it, it, it I don't know how to say it any other way. It feels like it should be like a Dwayne Johnson movie in a lot of ways. Like it's really <laughs> it's really strange how it just feels like it could be Rampage, uh, but it's absolutely not because it's about the <laughs> the strangeness of of nature and 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 how human beings react to 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 things they don't understand. And it's uh, I think it's really 
I, I think maybe its message gets muddled a little bit. Like, I definitely think, like, the, the screenplay is um, maybe not as insightful as it wants to be. Uh, it's, That's it's, my opinion as well. Yeah, and I think that what it does really right is is its animation. And I, I do want to give mm-hmm. a very quick shout-out to um, uh, to the animation director who is named uh, uh, Jane Samborski. Um, it just excellent shit. The way these humans are like sort of not ever really like a symmetrical uh and, and or or like the, 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 you know they have they're very strange and outlandish looking humans and these cryptids are like beautiful and colorful have sharp sharp borders where the humans don't and it just it works for me it really really mm-hmm. works for me yeah i did yeah i saw it too i was also sort of my mi- mixed on it not yeah. not super positive um yeah, I did like. I think the world building and stuff like was all like really, really well done in that yeah. movie. Like the world of like the cryptids and all that mm-hmm. stuff was like really interesting to me. Yeah. And then like the actual story it was trying to tell, I sort of like was not sure. connecting with for some reason. I can see um, myself. I, like I don't think I'll remain where I where I am on it now. When I see it again, it's either gonna falter a bit for me or I'm gonna love it even more. And I really can't tell which is mm-hmm. gonna happen. Um, but it's. I do think Lake Bell in the lead is quite oh, good. Uh, Angeliki Papulia as well. She's the one I really walked good. away like, like being like wowed by. I actually think that was one of my big, um, yeah. one of my favorite performances at the festival, which is kind of wild. And uh, mm-hmm. Thomas J. Ryan, of course, who's just like such a good like sleaze ball in it. Um, makes you kind of wish he could do mm-hmm. that thing in real. Would would get the chance to do that thing in real life more? But I think he's a better fit for this kind of a uh, this this world. But yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan. It's 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 weird. It's very yes. weird. Yeah. Uh, and CryptoZoo did win the next Innovator Prize because it was in the next section. Mm-hmm. So, and I believe that is the main prize of that section. So right, because next used to be an entirely non-competitive section. Yes. It maybe used to have an audience award, mm-hmm. uh, but now it's like there's like kind of. Is that the one where? Instead of a jury, it's just awarded by a singular person. That's been the way it's been mm-hmm. in the past, I think, the Next Innovator Award. I don't remember who presented that one. Um, oh, I want to say real quick about CryptoZoo. Um, is that Pliny is really great. I'm sure everyone can agree that Pliny is excellent. Yeah. Going to be a star. Just got to yes. say, I love Pliny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, the, after CryptoZoo, the next thing I saw on the 29th was John in the Hole, which how, I'm how, sure you've all heard at least in title. It's already a very memeable title, John in the Hole. How was uh, the hole? Which is uh, about a, a, a kid named John who puts his family in a hole. Great. Uh, I kind of dug it. Uh, it's, okay. I mean, the kid is maybe not as good as you need him to be in order for it to be like a truly great movie. Um, and I, you know, I made this observation admit, among many other people, it's like a little bit Lanthimosy, uh, where mm. like, there's like, you know, it's like, you don't ever really like quite get what's totally happening in the world, mm. right? Like everyone's like a I little bit I can't remember off. who it was, but I did see someone tweet earlier today, stop insulting Lanthimos by comparing him to John in the Hole. Sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like... It, yeah, it's going to happen a lot. Like, so you're just going to have to really <laughs> brace yourself for that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at a certain point, like, I really just gave into it. Like, there's a shot where, like, it cuts to John, the, like, 
11 year old or however like he's like you know he's like 10 9 to 11 or somewhere in there uh like it just cuts to him like sitting at the piano playing like a classical like thing or whatever and it was like total like super villain like mr bond or what like like it like it plays around with that sort of thing of positioning him as just like this like evil super villain or whatever and i thought all that stuff was very fun and like it's pretty you know it's like it, it does get at a certain point of like this kid like is just like keeping his family in as a whole and like now he like he has not thought like 10 steps ahead like he's just like you know he he doesn't really know what to do next sort of thing um so there's it's it's definitely like an intriguing one i think it's one that like when you watch you'll like know pretty quickly whether you're in or out on it uh but there is like i think like a lot of fun marginalia that i was like i was having a good time who else is in that who or uh it's uh it's michael c hall that's um it popped um, out to me because is as 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 it as much as i feel like i see him in stuff his filmography is incredibly short for for yeah. someone of his like a you know the length of his career, so right. I'm always interested when he does something, and he seems like he does these little like indie dark comedies a lot, you know. Which yeah, is very cool. Um, yeah, it's he's good. I mean, yeah, all the the whole family is in the hole pretty quickly, uh, <laughs> and within the hole they like get gross. They get real gross fast. in the hole. Like they get like yeah, cool. it's muddy and like nasty. <laughs> um. Yeah, and, like, yeah, the, the, tracking their reaction, the family's reaction of, like, well, like, is someone making you do this? Or, like, what's going on? Like, it's, there's, like, a lot of, I think, fun stuff, but you really have to be either yeah. in on the vibe or not, which sure. is, you know, some people are. How, how much do they go into the process of John digging the hole? He doesn't dig the hole. The hole's already dug. Who digs the hole? Uh, it's, mean... like, some, the, there, there's some exposition at the beginning. There was, like, some development project that was abandoned. So oh, it's and like John, a, and John saw the opportunity, uh, he took it. Yeah, okay, right. Cool. You mm-hmm. do. There is like a lot of like how he got the family, gets the family into the hole. Which sorry, is I just good. saw the disappointment on Jesse's face. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no. There's not really any digging, Jesse. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Gotta gotta um, watch. But there is a lot of that. dirtiness. There's like a yeah. lot of dirt. Okay. Cool. I mean, that's good. I do have some breaking news. What's up? Yes. Coming soon to Netflix, 63 new titles, including Malcolm and Marie and Todd Phillips' War Dogs. Do they, uh, does, does Power of the Dog have a, have a release date yet? <laughs> it's not in the push right. notification. It's, this, this is, is a, a Netflix push notification Jesus you're reading Christ. to us? <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ. This is a side note, but it's appropriate for, it's appropriate for Can I Kick It. Every day I get, y- y'all know how much I love Jane Campion, and every day it stresses me out that they could just announce that Power of the Dog is coming out, like, on Friday or in, like, two weeks or something. It drives right. me fucking crazy. They're so like, bad. I hate that they I, don't I, I want to know. I want to be able schedule. to build it up, but instead yeah. they're going to announce it, and it's going to be like, oh, great, I have a month to, like, process Rewatch the fact that it's happening yeah. <laughs> yeah. right yeah yeah anyway um whatever. yeah and then the last th- the last thing i saw on the 29th was uh something uh, a couple other people saw on the count of three yeah um which is the Gerard yes Carmichael i saw movie. this a few days yes. later i think we were all yeah. kind of surprised by it actually um, yeah, yeah i uh, i yes you know it like it like tentatively surprised kind of like yes Gerard's... i was very skeptical of the premise yes and... me too um but gerard carmichael right. is is i mean the carmichael show is like one of my favorite shows of the last decade probably he yeah. handles this he handles this stuff really well but the premise is like you know like when i when i hear you're making a movie about a suicide pact i'm a little 
reserved. Right. When that's like the only plot element that you've told and us that's, about, and the that's literally well, yeah. that's also kind of literally the only plot element. Yeah. But it right, mm-hmm. they really, but it's, I I really really responded to it, especially as someone who like has not really gotten Christopher Abbott. Like I don't, I I haven't really like he's he's a great performer. Like he is really good at what he does. Um, but I didn't ever feel like I was totally locked in with a Christopher Abbott performance until this movie. Like he's stunning yeah. in it. I think yeah, he's yes. pretty incredible. I think if Cullen were here, he would plug James White, which I haven't seen. And I know I've he always, needs to, but yeah. yes, I've always yeah. heard yeah. good things. And that's from, that's from the that's from the third director mm-hmm. in the uh, Antonio Campos, Sean Durkin, and then Josh Mond yeah, yeah, yeah. is the third guy. Uh, and Jesse, I know you love. I I didn't love Black Bear, but I do think that Abbott is like pretty stunning in it. He's quite good in yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's kind of the plot. I just want to yeah. clarify for the record that it's funny that you think he would plug James White and he would not plug his one scene appearance in Vox Locks. <laughs> that's true. Well. He does have a one scene. He's pretty good in that scene. That's he's, one he's of the better in Vox Locks. That is true. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, in yes. the count of, on the count of three is is yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, really yeah, liked that, it. it's yeah. yeah, it's it's very good, and like it's pretty. I think it handles the thematic stuff pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's the acting is really good, as mentioned, and then yeah. like the other thing is like it's the best looking movie I saw. It's at Sundance. beautiful. Like, it, Really, looks it's really stunning. Really good. Yeah. Like it it's looks a, quite good. It's like, very I mean, shocking that this was like yeah. That, yeah there, there are a couple of scenes where where uh, Gerard Carmichael and and Chris Abbott are on dirt bikes that are just like especially one, mm-hmm. not not really spoiler like somewhat near the end that I where I'm just like the combination of like, you know, they're it's nighttime and they're riding these dirt bikes and the the mud is just kind of the the moon is glistening on the mud and I'm just like fuck this is a good looking movie. It's this is interesting. Awesome. Apparently, the cinematographer is like mostly a TV guy. Yeah, I mm-hmm. looked him up afterwards. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, he's like done like Netflix stuff, right? Like, it's, it's like not even Netflix. It's like El Camino. I think is his only other movie. Oh wow. he, well, El Camino sh- looks. And then, give it that. then it he shot good. a lot of uh, Better Call Saul. Sure. Okay. Some CSI that actually cyber. makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. Um, lots yeah. of like. Lots of like landscape shots and 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 open open spaces and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was the gaffer on the Sublime doing time video. <laughs> I know. Hey. Um, yes. And then uh, on the count of three, also it won the Waldo Salt Screenwriting Award, yes. our favorite award. Uh, I guess we should mention now there were no awards for achievement in neorealism this year, so <laughs> that true. our, our true favorite award was not yeah. given out. But uh, yes, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the Waldo Salt Screenwriting Prize went to On the yeah. Count of Three. Do any do either of those do do John in the Hole or On the Count of Three have distribution yet? No. I also want to say Crypto okay. Zoo is going to be distributed by Magnolia. That okay, yes, okay. that fits. Didn't I, I? I shouldn't say I, I couldn't remember if they did his last movie or not, but that. Interesting that that got some pretty maybe. quick distribution and some other things didn't. Yeah. But. And then the other movie I saw on the 29th in the evening is probably my favorite movie of the festival, though. I saw something that I liked a lot last night, uh, which is uh, Strawberry Mansion, yeah. which I'll say now uh, we have an interview that I recorded with the two directors of that film, Tucker Audley and uh, Albert Burney, which will air at the end of the episode, uh, and uh, we will talk a 
very tiny bit about uh, where you can find when that movie does get distribution. Uh, but yeah, it's a movie about uh, a dream auditor who has been sent to, uh, played by Audley, who has been sent to watch uh, 2,000 videotapes of this old woman's dreams uh, because she has not been uh, paying her taxes on her dreams. Right. She, like, hasn't upgraded to, like, yeah. the wireless internet system or whatever. She right. still has it all on yes. analog. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and, yeah. It is... Uh, it's, it's just very cool. And so there's a lot of, like, dream stuff in it. There's a lot of... Even, it's interesting because I think some of the dream logic does seep into the rest of the film a little bit, uh, with, and and that manifests itself as sort of Mm non-linearity, uh, which is really cool. There's, uh, this... This the, the movie starts in this room in which everything is painted pink and it just yes. looks great. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. It truly is a strawberry mansion. It, it, it is a beautiful yeah. looking movie. I, I didn't vibe with it quite as hard as you, but I also rewatched a lot of it when it was done. Um, and I actually especially rewatched this, the like latter 40 minutes of it, which I like mm-hmm. actually love. Like, I think it's st- like everything that I, I don't actually want to spoil it. Cause I think it's, it, it's, it's a, like the last bit of it is really special. So like, I really felt mm-hmm. myself kind of giving my, I, I gave myself over to it eventually. And that's where I'm like, I, I need to see this whole thing again now because I, I love the second half so much. And for, I, 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 I had some reservations watching the beginning of it because I didn't feel like the tone was something that I could lock onto. But once I figured out what it was setting up, I, I think I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I got very excited. And your enthusiasm got me really excited for it. So. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I won't spoil what happens either, but it does as it goes on, spend more time in dreams yeah. yes. uh, than rules. in reality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. Yeah, all the dream logic stuff was like yeah. the stuff that I really liked. And good was, Dan yeah. Deacon score, too. Yes, really yeah, yeah. We'll talk about him again in a little bit. Yes. Uh, um, there's like, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the, uh, th- th- there's several fun performances. Uh, um, Penny Fuller plays uh, the old woman, uh, Bella. She's really great. Uh, Grace Glowicki, yeah. who I talked about last year when I was at the Maryland Film Festival. I saw her as the lead of a film called Raph. Uh, I believe that was the movie in which she plays Raph. Uh, uh, she's really excellent in that, and she's really good in this movie, too. Uh, Reed Burney, mm-hmm. of course, shows up as uh, Bella's daughter. Great Reed Burney. Uh, He's so good yes. and everything one of my does. faves yeah. yes mm-hmm. yeah. we'll we'll find out later in the episode what the relation between uh reed bernie and albert bernie is uh um oh and the the other uh linus phillips uh who uh actually he does some act i it was funny i was uh watching the movie and i was like not only have I seen this person in a movie before, I'm confident that I have seen him in real life. <laughs> and I believe it's because he has a small part in uh, 
a Nathan Silver movie mm-hmm. that I saw at the Maryland Film Festival when it was in person several years ago, and I think he was at that screening, is my guess. Uh, but he plays a character who is uh, in Audley's Dreams, who's really fun. He also uh, uh, teaches a scriptwriting class that uh, Audley and Bernie took uh, oh. to work on this script. That's uh, and they, they actually, well, whatever, we'll talk, we'll talk yes. about how that character came to be. Tidbits, tidbits, uh, tidbits of what's the Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, Great. yeah, fun movie. Yes, absolutely. I do. Yeah. That's why I do think, you know, that's one I think you, it's, it, it was very polarizing. A lot of people were not vibing with it at all, but if it is the sort of thing that you're into, uh, you'll really go, go in for it. I feel like it was polarizing among friends of ours i don't feel like it was that polarizing among critics i feel like i critics, saw mostly positive reactions to it yeah critics, critics responded yeah. pretty positively yeah. to it yeah i think not it's like kind of, overwhelmingly but like yeah i think it is the kind of thing and i also feel this way about cryptozoo where it like if you don't vibe with it it is really easy to write it off um yeah. but it's again and and uh, like there's i don't want to get into like a whole debate of like does ambition and the work you put into something give it merit i think it does but like but again but if you don't like something you don't like something but there Mm -hmm. is a point where even if i am not fully like if i'm not in love with something or even if i can't fully grasp it like the last thing i have to hold on to is the craft and like that shit there's craft out of this movie's ass it is great yeah absolutely and that and that is like at the end of the day like I, i all i need for a movie is to like is is for me to like appreciate it on any level that i can find and and that was one where i like by the end of it i was really just like you know mm-hmm. what i am we're we're, we're we're gonna revisit each other at some point because i'm you know yes i'm picking it up mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't right. I did uh, not see it but i see it stars the voice of patty mayonnaise so that's good good does. for us <laughs> <laughs> right yes <laughs> Um, all right, on to the thirtieth. Um, yes, I didn't see anything on the thirtieth. Right. I yeah, saw, I, I saw Strawberry Mansion that morning. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I saw. I saw the, yes, I, was, I saw the other thing I saw that morning was How It Ends, mm-hmm. uh, which is we talked a little bit about in the preview. It's it's which is um, the. Um, why am I blanking on her name? Zoe Lister Jones. Zoe Lister Jones. Thank you. Uh, right, uh, right, right. The Zoe Lister Jones uh, yeah. sort of. It, it's a, a a comedy of sort of uh set they made it all entirely post pandemic mm-hmm. so like that's part of the pitch of it although it's not set like because of the pandemic but it's the the world is ending and because of an asteroid or something is about to hit the planet or whatever and everyone knows about sure. it and so they're like figuring out how to spend the last day Great. it's basically like she is wandering around and like encounters a series of like your favorite comedy podcasters, essentially. Oh, cool. She like Great. she runs into like Nick Kroll and Io Debery and uh, um, uh, Rob Hubel and Paul Shear and like like all the like uh, you know she she runs into so many people. There's a really good scene with Olivia Wilde, um, which I really liked, but like it's pretty slight. I don't think I will remember it that sure. much. It's like it's like good for you. You were able to make something. Yeah. Uh, in the pandemic that wasn't necessarily overbearing about being she's, in the pandemic. She's got a weird directing career so far. Yeah, like, we this a and Band-Aid, about it. Yeah, 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 this and Band-Aid makes sense together. And then, of course, there's the craft remake, like, right in the middle of it. And I'm like, all right. Right, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, right. And also at the same time, she's like been on in like a bunch of sitcoms also mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, she's had a very, very interesting career. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yes. That's basically all I have to say about that. I saw, uh, Ailey, the, uh, um, the Alvin Ailey doc, which got yeah. distribution neon. from Neon. That is from another Neon, neon doc. Again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's which cool. is good. It's yeah. I mean, it, lots of really tremendous dance footage mm-hmm. as you can imagine yeah uh and that's another one that i think is like a well-structured narratively mm-hmm. in the doc because it's like it's it's also in addition to like the story of elvin ailey's life and his and his work uh it's also the story like there's like a sort of super narrative about um mm-hmm. them making a like a tribute dance for yeah. his like yeah. 40th anniversary or something yeah. um uh which so yeah i mean it's yeah if you like dance sure it's pretty essential i think yeah um it also if you're a barry jenkins fan which you probably are it's good primer for when he gets around to making his ailey biopic at some point yes that's true yeah uh yes at some Uh, point yes he's got a lot going on hopefully something yeah got a lot lot of things in the hopper for old barry jenks yeah um try harder i also saw don't really need to say anything about it wild indian is the next thing i saw which i know jack also saw i saw that that was my last movie no that was my second to last movie yeah yeah um which uh yeah that one i think yeah it was it's it's definitely trying for something the thing it's trying for i like I have a hard time, like, like I, it, it it's very like true detectivey. I sort of feel like, mm-hmm. yeah. in like tone and like style, it's like, you know, hard men who've lived a hard life making yeah. hard decisions, sort of thing. Which like I was not really. It was exhausting to watch, yeah, yeah and, and that's both how like and and I was wondering, I was like, is this just gonna be like is so okay i will say this i am i'm glad to see a a movie about uh uh, indigenous people in america that is not made by taylor sheridan um but like taylor sheridan it is a film about indigenous people suffering and i'm just like and and, and, and granted it is it is made from an indigenous perspective um and that and that gives it uh already a great more a great deal more weight than like you know wild or for, what is it wild river frozen whatever the fuck that movie is with jeremy renner wild river i hate, I I hate that fucking movie wind, so river. Um, wind river wind river wind i river. i hate it with all my fucking heart and soul um but still even it still it is uh, it is there's something that's not quite cooked there in wild indian and and i and and, and i think it's a number of factors i think it's very well performed Mm-hmm. In, yes. in, in 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 some respects uh jesse eisenberg is a little out of place um sure but you know he he, he kind of is in a lot of ways in 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 life so or in, in movies i see with him yeah but I, I have not seen the movie but he's also a producer on it and he's, he's yeah. also like very forward on it on like most on like a lot of mm-hmm. uh the marketing so this might it, i assume it was, was some sort of like we need to be jesse eisenberg forward to get this movie right. made and selected yeah, for the sort of thing Speaking of people that I've seen in person, I sat in like the third row to see one of his plays mm-hmm. in uh, on the West End. All right, <laughs> the play or, or 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 him, the play. Oh, okay, he seems like a <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, he, was he just in the seems play? like someone I'd get along. Yeah, no, with. for sure. I, I his. Have you guys seen that interview with him on the on one of the magician movies that he's in, where he's just like not having it? Like both he and the oh, interview no. just have open contempt for each other. It's pretty fun. No, um, I mean, of course, the immortal uh, Abraham. I'm not that man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, quote. Uh, will live forever. Uh, what a tremendous gift that is for the culture. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Wild Indian is like. Yeah. I, I guess I'm glad it it's one of those I'm glad it exists but it's yeah I think there will be people who are into it I feel like sure, and I'm like yeah. happy for them to have that yeah uh yeah not not my when not, I think about like what people are doing for um you know for indigenous portrayals on screen I'm like it's it sucks because on the one hand it's like you know the the, the I mean throughout film history but also especially the like not especially but like any any most stories you can name um uh, even uh, you know are, are are movies where they're like where, where the someone or you know some some indigenous person is like is is fucking suffering with like some some like notable exceptions uh songs my brothers taught me is is one of them um but you know and then i think about like how excited i am for like killers of the flower moon in so many respects but then also how it's just going to be kind of more of the same and it's just a, it's it's a it's, it's yeah. a su- summertime bummer. That's what it is. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we really wish I loved it, but it was just, I, I just was not there. With mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, next up, I saw Passing, the famous, mm-hmm. famous Passing. The famous Passing. Uh, which, yes, which I, I was mildly positive on. I thought it was, yeah. um, it was pretty good. Uh, um, it's, uh, it's, got a lot of style uh and um i think the actors are good ruth nega in particular who is like of course almost always like extraordinary yeah but like it's like a really great role for her um uh and i think she's really good in the movie uh bill camp uh is playing high status in this movie which is very, very fun. good he's like a pompous like rich guy who's good. like fun I love uh it. and he, yeah he's he's having a lot of fun uh, you can you really feel like the like based on a novella of it all, um, but I think it's pretty solid, and nice. I I would be excited to 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 read like other critics and stuff on it. I sure. think there's, there's there's stuff to engage with there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah, the last thing I saw that day was Superior, which I did like, but I was very sleepy by the end of this day, so I don't have a lot to say about it. Sure. Um, yeah. Cool. Anything else mm-hmm. for? the 30th yeah i have three yes. um great wow. go for it yeah um so i've got street gang which oh, y'all, sure. y'all know was gonna be the first was the first ticket i bought um uh because it's 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 henson shit um and it's yeah it's an adaptation of a, of a pretty popular uh michael davis book about the making of sesame street and it is like andy you saw it right? yes i did yeah. it's yep. very good um yeah I, I I am some the, the, this is like absolutely selfishness on my part. I would have pref- preferred like a docu series because there is so much ground to cover not even just throughout history but like in the first 5 mm-hmm. years of that show. Um yeah. that like it's it's and 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 and, and I uh, it's not like it's not like it doesn't cover a lot already. It covers so much ground, but like there are certain like Henson performers that like major Henson performers like Richard Hunt and Jerry Nelson that they don't even like say the names of and it and it really is it feels like a it's not paint by numbers because there's also so much amazing footage that's never been seen anywhere 
Um, and I guess it's a good thing if a problem with the movie is that I wish it there was more of it. But mm-hmm. it it does feel like a pretty standard like introduction to the history of of this uh, incredible show. And it's, um, I mean, it's amazing. You know, they they dive a little, they dive you know into in, into the things you want from a, a film about Sesame Street, which is, uh, you know, how how much uh, how how important it was for them to to have a, a very diverse human cast uh, and mm-hmm. to talk about things that were really important for children to to hear about which they're still doing um, really well I will add um, I do still watch Sesame Street when like I when something is going on like last year they had a really incredible special about uh, about Elmo's dad teaching him about the Black Lives Matter movement, and that sounds like a fucking silly sentence, but it, it's pretty. Elmo has a dad. Elmo has a Elmo doesn't just. How long his Elmo? Elmo doesn't. Elmo doesn't just have a dad. Elmo kind of has a hot dad. I, I gotta. I gotta put that on the record. He kind of has a hot dad. His name is Louie. You can look him up. He's pretty hot. Um, Do they have like a soul is... patch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you expect? <laughs> what do you expect from Elmo's dad? Um, but you know, again, there there is so much to cover, and it's. You know, it's some other. I, I I'm not gonna go on about this, but like, there, there are some things I'm glad they don't re- really like lean into. Like, maybe it's a benefit they don't go forward in time because it means like Kevin Clash can't be in the, in the movie, stuff like sure, that. Yeah. Um, but it's it. Although actually, you know, there's some Kevin Clash performances in it. But again, I wish it was longer. Um, I wish I wish that uh, it didn't feel like it had to be like a, a fairly standard adaptation of the of the the book, which it is. Um, but I'm also very grateful that there's like, you know, like 90 minutes of new footage that I've just like never seen before. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. As a fan, like, it's, yeah, I, as a fan, yeah. it's catnip as a, as a film, it's like, you know, not quite there. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, just I, yeah. for, uh, okay. just for posterity's sake, this is the moment at which I tweeted out a uncaptioned picture of Elma's dad from the Can I Kick It account. Cool. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Yes. He looks a little like a uh, Tully. He does he, look a little like Tully. Yeah, he did. Well, Tully. no, yeah, he yeah, he does look a little bit like Tully. Um Is Tully <laughs> Elma's brother? No, Tully is a different Tully is not Elma's brother. Uh Tully as far as I know has I bet Tully has parents that have appeared on screen. Um Sure. And is Tully talk a about child the movie. in the show? Yeah. T- so Tully uh, is like Tully walks a weird line. Um <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I also, I also, I also asked to get jacked. Well, no, I, but I also, <laughs> but I also just realized I've now been saying Tully. His name is, 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 is of course Telly. Yes, it's Telly. Telly. We're not yes. talking no, about not, the Jason no. Wright. Um, Telly is like very childlike, but I'm, I'm looking at Muppet Wiki now, of which I am a frequent contributor, and I do not see any indication of parents for Telly. Um, sure. Anyway. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw Street Gang too. I, as someone who is much less versed on this stuff than Jack is, like I like learned a lot. Like I yeah. did not know a lot about the early days, and like this stuff about like Roosevelt Franklin, especially. I was like very. I mean, Roosevelt Franklin by... could be its own documentary. You know, it's yeah, like, it's, it's wild just stuff. Fascinating, yeah. like the the reaction to that and like the impulse behind it and everything. Yeah. Um, uh yeah i think it's yeah it's 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 like a nice fun easy watch which is like kind of what you want out of a sesame street documentary right it's like it's not gonna like alienate you or Mm -hmm. like make you like you know re-examine your beliefs or anything but uh yeah it's like you know it's it it, 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 i think it gets at like what is important about the show and why and what the the things that they tried to do to make sure that those 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 the things that are important about the show were in place 
uh, and I think yeah, it, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's it's very enjoyable. You get a lot of uh, fun interviews with like the major people's mm-hmm. children because I feel like like half the major original players have passed at this point right. or something. So you get like a a good mix of like the remainder the remaining people who are older now and also the children of the people who who started it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and just like lots of fun Sesame Street footage. Right. Like I always love to be reminded of a song that I like knew by heart at like age five or whatever that mm-hmm. I haven't thought about in. 25 years and yeah. to find that i still like know all the words to uh, uh one of the songs is always a, a delight yeah um, i will th- yeah. yeah it's gonna Good be song. on hbo max it's an hbo mm-hmm. thing they, it's one of those yeah. things yeah. that came in with distribution mm-hmm. i'm just like sort of laughing here because where i'm getting the information for this movie is on the muppet wiki of course and yeah. they, yes. they, it's like very detailed and they have like a section that is like interviewees and it's just like the names of everybody interviewed which is like 90% it's 99% human names and then Oscar the Grouch is in there <laughs> well yeah so there's a great stinger with Oscar the Grouch yes you do get to hear yeah, yeah. Um, you get to see yeah. uh, Oscar the Grouch swear a couple times which is yeah no I mean say. that's that's um, one of the other things is how how much behind the scenes stuff there is it's just like really yeah, special yeah. I, um, oh wait uh, Ert and yeah. Bernie were interviewed in archival footage it seems mm-hmm. sure <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one last thing I want to say about it is that I, I, cause I they'll move on because I do have two other films from this day, um, is that I, um, I, I, again, as someone who deeply, like, loves all things, like, well, most things, Jim Henson, um, it was really special to, for, to see other people highlighted because he's, like, a part of that, of that show's creation. Mm-hmm. There are amazing people like Joan Ganscooney, who's still with the organization, um, John Stone, uh, famous Sesame Street director who just did incredible work for years with them. They're just as big a part of it as Jim Henson is, uh, even though Jim Henson's funeral is, 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 you know, there's footage in there of that, which I actually kind of have some mm-hmm. personal feelings about because I think it's important stuff, but like that's kind of a whole other can of worms. So it's, you know, I don't know. Um, it seems like they find excuses to share that footage wherever they can now, um, which is a little bit sure. dark, even yeah. though it was a pretty incredible moment in like, you know, entertainment history. Uh, not many people had funerals that were like full on performances. Um, but yeah. it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's placed kind of weird in the show considering the show is about the, the, the film. I mean, is about the beginning of, of the whole thing, but moving on, I also saw the Sparks brothers. Um, I have a lot less to say about that, except that I, I really enjoyed it. And it is maybe my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Um, and that's, weird um but it's it's pretty a pretty excellent documentary even if it's like a little long but it's very good i don't know did anybody else see the sparks brothers i did see the sparks brothers that was one where i like sort of put it on yeah in the background while i like was catching up on other things because it was you know my like sure 18th movie of the festival or whatever yeah Um, i can imagine it would be exhausting Um, yes uh yeah i do agree it's a little long it's like a pretty it's I was surprised by how straightforward it was. Mm-hmm. I was worried it was going to get, like, a little Edgar Wright trickiness in it. Me too. There's, like, certainly a lot of style, but, like, it is just, like, yeah. we're going to work our way through the Sparks albums. It made me want to see him make another documentary. Um, yeah. Kind of. I, was like, I think it's I, a good form for him. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the last thing I saw on the 30th uh, is a movie that, that was my big surprise. Um, I got a ticket to... I am told that the... I'm actually trying to, so this, this, so this film is a, is a debut and I'm actually trying to see if I can get 
the director on my show at some point, um, which maybe sending it here, I will uh, wish it into will it into existence. I will the secret it into existence. But um, but it is a it is our hashtag J. I am told the title is just R and J or Romeo and Juliet. I yes, uh, I got a ticket for this because I I. Uh, so I, I I have a I have a background in Shakespeare. Um, it's one of my one of my big things. Next to like the Muppets, I would say is like people who know me decently well would say like these are like the two things Jack like lo- loves and cares about and knows most about in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I have really strong opinions on how we adapt Shakespeare to film. Uh, there are times where I think it's truly successful and, and brilliant. Um, those times are few and far between. I think the last and decade. They're especially. all directed by Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> I mean, that uh, not incorrect. Um, but in the last <laughs> ten years, like we haven't had like Ray Fine did a really kind of excellent Coriolanus, but like you know, I right. think about Joss Whedon's Much Ado, which is a movie that I just like I d- just don't really care for. Um, stylistically, mm-hmm. it's fine, but like no one seems to give a shit about the language or anything like that. Which like that's fair and i'm i'm also considering like actual adaptations where like the text is fully adapted so what this movie does um is something that not i've the, seen not the julian fellows romeo and juliet no uh which i actually have not seen um i i i started it once and turned it off what rnj does and i should say this this movie uh, uh has a couple of like well-known actors but not um not like rj seiler uh earl from me and earl right. and the dying girl is in it mm-hmm. and of course from power rangers and i think um gosh i'm I'm, I'm forgetting there's a there's another like someone gets the and who's pretty cool but i can't remember who it is um but it's mostly names i don't know and what they do is they the i got to take over this because i i was like i don't think this is going to be good but i want to support it um it is it is romeo and juliet told like through like the prism of like like an iphone screen like through social media and uh is specifically like tiktok and and instagram and 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 shit and i was like i will say i'm looking for the and i did type in r pound j uh-huh. and while the film did not come up fortunately rj seiler did hey hey now good uh oh i think i yeah uh um uh sorry i forgot what i said earlier because you said r pound j which does happen yeah that's how i've been that, well that does it. that does happen in the film um but uh but sure um but it, and I was like, okay, well, this could be a little hokey. But I also last summer um, worked with a, a Shakespeare camp. Actually, like in the midst of the first time uh, I came out to talk with y'all, um, I was doing this, and we were sort of doing a very similar thing, but with like way fewer resources. And I was like, so what does this look like if someone actually has kind of a budget? And here's what happens: it's really fucking good. Um, it's like really, really fucking good. I can see it not working for everybody. Um, there's a mix between. So they're like spoken dialogue, uh, which happens a couple times. Like people are either like FaceTiming or or like filming themselves, or or it's a TikTok or whatever. That stuff is all Shakespeare with a with a, like a little bit of improvisation, um, which I really mm-hmm. enjoy. Um, like it's done really well, and you can tell that these kids have like a really clear mastery of the language. And all the mm-hmm. like texts and stuff are like all modern day or, or you know modern day slang. And that was hard for me to get into at first until I remembered that like. When I have taught Shakespeare or directed Shakespeare, one of the things I emphasize with my with my uh, actors, um, you know, my students, is you have to think about the stuff the way that you have to ingest this stuff the way that like you would like you you like we paraphrase Shakespeare for a reason when we're learning it, and that's so we can you know get to the heart of it and really understand it. And so when I started thinking about it from that perspective about how uh, you know all the texts and, and everything were like very modern day, it's like. This is a movie that feels like it's in conversation with Shakespeare more than it is like a direct adaptation. 
and it really works for me and just like stylistically it, it is great it's actually a really good use of this technology very similar to how well like unfriended dark web does it and so, you know some other things it's really clearly to <laughs> i love dark web i don't I, I i don't know which of you does i think colin maybe likes it but it's i've uh, seen none of those ones okay. i've never seen it. okay uh it's good it's pretty good um but it, it's just such a smart thing and, and and the other big thing is that i am pretty sure this is the i think i saw one white face in this in this in this movie and when I think about like Shakespeare on screen, like sp very specifically um, films that use the text, use the original mm -hmm. text, it's yeah. mostly it is mostly white people like like mm -hmm. throughout time. Um, and that, that is not the case in this film. And, and it, for that alone, I'm really glad that it exists. But it's also like really fucking well acted. Um, mm -hmm. It's just it's the kind of thing where like if we're going to keep doing Shakespeare, both on stage and like you know in other formats we need to justify it because we have new artists that we need to be emphasizing and this to me really feels like taking uh something that we that, that people know really well and more than likely are exhausted by and giving it a lot of new life um and the kids who perform it are just fucking astounding um and it's i i really recommend it to people right now i mean it's you know 2021 is very young but it is like my number one of the year so far. Um, mm -hmm. I had to rewind it a bunch of times just because I was really taken aback by things that it did. I, I loved it. I really, and I can see people not liking it, but for me, I was just like, this is very special. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of great music in it too. Just like they make playlists for each other and send them back and forth and it rocks. Yes, it's, it's just cute. very cute. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was watching it and I did see uh tribe called quest. Can I kick it was featured on screen. It at sure point. was. Yeah. Um, Wait, did you watch it? Did I just, I did watch oh, it. Oh shit. Yes. Man, I should have, I should have stopped earlier. Uh, yeah. That's okay. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's, it's fine. I have much less to say about it than sure. you because I, um, I re I did also enjoy it. You know, Romeo and Juliet is, I'm not really a Shakespeare guy, but mm -hmm. Romeo and Juliet was one of the plays I know better because I was in like a one-hour touring production of it in college or whatever. Yeah. Who did you play? Um, uh, I played Montague and the Capulet Servant. I bet you. Um, <laughs> I, so, um, uh, the which the thing I liked about this one is I mm -hmm. often feel like Romeo and Juliet gets so focused on the two title characters, yes. yeah, and in this you really feel the community yeah, of it. absolutely like the whole way yes. through like you it's so you're so placed in the world it and like they're de-emphasized i think mm -hmm. in a way that i have maybe never i like not that i've seen that many romeo and juliet's but i don't think i've ever really seen it so distinctly that like r the romeo and juliet are not like the main focus for much of the runtime of, right. of the of the film yeah um, yeah. so yeah i i did i i enjoyed it i enjoyed the experimentation there's some like it's clearly like a very like it's a, obviously like it's a very dorky thing to do to make like a Shakespeare movie oh, about like absolutely, iPhones and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. And like yes, and, tremendously like, so. I was just like, what the fuck yeah. is gonna? Is and guy, like yeah. sometimes, like when like the apps on their phone is like he has like Criterion Channel in his like home <laughs> row on his phone, <laughs> yeah, or like or whatever. And I'm like, or like there's like a letterbox app at some point. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, well, no. And then like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, like I, you know, you can you can afford to give me 15 more minutes. I want to I want to see what uh what Romeo is locking on letterbox. Yeah. Next, you know like yeah I, yeah it, yes so it's, yeah some of yeah some of the choices of like what apps are around right. and stuff well, i think is like the big yeah. thing about it is that like it's i don't i don't want to spend too much time on this but the big thing about this movie that i really that i really responded to is that this is how kids like connect and like for lack of a better 
you know, way of putting it, like how a lot of kids like fall in love or think they fall in love or like whatever you want to call it. This is how people are like young people are connecting and it is how a lot of people get to know each other well now. And it's, and it, it makes a lot of sense to do it this way. And it's just very smart. Like I, I was really in awe of a lot of it, even though it, even though it makes a couple of choices I'm not fully into, it's still like what, what the stuff that really sings, like sings well. And for me, a big part of that was how good they were with the text um, and how yeah. well they understood it and how well they were able to riff on it because uh, Shakespeare is like a series of rules that you learn how to break. So yeah, yeah. Right. loved it. It was my favorite thing at the best. Yeah. We'll say two things quickly. Yeah. I've been looking at the cast now. This seems very interesting and enjoy how like black and Latino it is. It's obviously mm-hmm. not the first riff. Li- like you could do like West side story and like Prince of Cats. Right. Or, like, right. Stuff. There yeah. have been riffs among those lines but it's nice to see it and apparently jack i don't know if you knew this but the main producer mm-hmm. behind the movie is i did know this yeah it's timur beck mambetov who's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, Russian. wanted and night watch dude yeah, yeah. but yeah, he, he's right. also the producer of the un the right. unfriended That's movies it. and uh wait of what of, what? of the unfriended movies and hardcore henry oh. and the, well, yeah right. okay that i actually he's all yeah. in on like screen capture as Great. movie like that's like his thing i guess now. i don't want to uh, see it a lot but i want to see it done yeah. well when i do so yeah, yeah. for sure it's yeah. an interesting mode definitely um, yes for sure also the director think... of abraham lincoln vampire hunter but oh yeah of yes, course yeah yeah absolutely Classic. we all know, we that. We all know yeah. that. <laughs> another person who i've seen live in person is abraham lincoln vampire hunter. oh ben walker yes he was in uh <laughs> yeah. He was, you saw him in uh, All My Sons, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. He's a very he's very he's a very good actor. He's ben married Walker. to someone in, I don't know who it is. He, he was ma- he was married to Mamie Gummer and then That's what it was. Up. Okay. Things went bad. Uh sure. I don't know. I thought that's what you said, but I was like, what yeah. beef do you have about um, their marriage? I no, I mean I don't know why they split up, <laughs> but I would I wish them both well. Um I'll tell them. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Anything else from the thirty? He's now married to Kaya Scoladaria. That's what I was like. Yeah, yeah, um, um Fuck the alligator movie that I love. Crawl. Crawl. Star of Crawl. Crawl. She's the star of Crawl. And uh, the star of the Maze Runner trilogy. Sure. Oh. And we'll we'll apparently be playing the great role of Claire Redfield in the upcoming Resident Evil movie. Everything's just so going so great for people. I'm <laughs> great. Really I'm so glad it. that people are having careers in Hollywood. <laughs> um... <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, the 31st? Are we ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I saw yeah. several movies. Uh, we talked about on the count of three already. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but the first movie I saw this day was a movie that was just, like, very mildly disappointing, despite being pretty good, mm-hmm. which is uh, Theo Anthony's All Light Everywhere. Uh, I think yeah. his last film last feature rat film Mm -hmm. is one of the best documentary i'm not anyone to talk about best documentary debuts i watch like three documentaries a year but that movie was really good and then i just recently caught up and i with and i think maybe plugged on the last episode uh his espn uh 30 for 30 short uh which i can't subject to review anymore but it's about subject to review about uh, Hawkeye, the tennis replay system, and that, I think, is really, really excellent. Mm. And they all have this kind of style of, like, moving around a subject uh, by taking sort of different... just just looking at it from different perspectives, Mm. uh, 
and this one is about uh loosely about surveillance and about uh police body cameras is maybe kind of, most of the main themes have something to do with that there's a lot of footage uh in the axon building which is the uh, axon formerly named taser because they also created the taser but they also are like the company that makes police body cameras uh and yeah it pretty quickly gets to like oh these are here to help the police and that's what they're for and it's bad for everyone else uh and then it kind of just spends the rest of the movie uh reinforcing that there is some interesting semi wise mini footage of uh, a community meeting that this guy he created this system where you like fly a plane and it creates like a live google earth mm -hmm. uh which was being used to surveil Baltimore in the wake of uh, the murder of Freddie Gray, uh, and it was like, like the even like the mayor did not know it was being done. It was like just the police knew, uh, and it was done for like several months, and then people found found out, and it got shut down. And like now, this guy is like trying to get it set up, and so he's trying to get the community on board to very varying degrees of success but then the the non-wise mini thing about that and what fits in most with the theme of the movie is that uh the the subjects the the people in this community meeting are much more obviously obviously affected by being filmed yeah. that like they are addressing it sure. in a way that wouldn't happen in a Wiseman movie, which is kind of what the movie, the kind of other thesis of the movie is that, uh, uh, by being observed, you're inherently changing what is being observed. Uh, which is another thing where I'm like, yeah, I get yeah. it. Uh, and it's all, it, like all of the footage is like interesting and it's pretty easy to watch. Uh, I... But yeah, it feels like it doesn't cohere into as yeah. interesting a point yeah, as that's Rat my, Film. That's my problem. It just like It's like a bunch of footage and it never like... I don't need it to exactly be cohesive. Like I, I, It can just like revolve around a specific thing and try to get a bunch of different perspectives. But I don't really think it even does that. Like It has this like sort of thesis that I, found in, that I find interesting, which is like not among the things you said, Jesse, which is like... People think that, like, cameras and technology are just, like, this objective viewpoint through which you can, like, mm -hmm. get, like, the facts straight. But And right. they try to get, like, no, cameras are technology that are made by people, so the way that cameras observe things are, is, like, different. And then it's, and it's, like, authored even, like, even if that's, like, like not the intention and that it, he goes, like, and he, he explains these, like, long these like different forms of like criminal profiling that used to exist that were all these different manners of, mm -hmm. uh, of people being like okay i've cracked it this is how you identify a criminal and this is how you get like the objective facts and stuff and just like pointing out all and then it's like and then those people created eugenics yeah. <laughs> and then yeah so then it's like the point of like nope well they were fucked up and they were racist in this way and that's like 
there's yeah. like ne- there's never gonna be a like there there's never a way to capture the facts and i think that's like sort of what it's getting mm-hmm. to and the, what it's trying to do right but uh, yeah for like most of the runtime it's unexamined and then at the end it makes like this like weirdly like i think very compelling and interesting move which i think i'm just gonna spoil here it's like at the end uh, that's fine i think he goes into like this section where it's like he, he, uh, he was like embedded in this class like this film production class at a high school for like a year or whatever he was just like helping the teacher so he decided to film them and there's like a titles card on screen of like yeah this was going to be part of the documentary and then it just wasn't which i think more than any of the like super fact stuff does a better point of like sort of revealing of what the documentary is about which is like sometimes things exist with outside of the scope of whatever is being filmed sometimes you can't do the entire thing justice anything that sort of tries to replicate that is sort of inherently flawed and relying on these things is like sets a bad precedent for how we treat criminals and how we treat people and how people are being observed every day and I and I found that very interesting, but it's like again, it's like five minutes at the end of a one hour forty documentary that I did not find particularly. Yeah, it compelling. is a touch long. Compelling, yeah. Which like is a dumb thing to say, but yeah, it's like how long is that thirty for thirty short? I was like, if this was like thirty, that's like if, if that forty five. Yeah, I was like thirty five. I was like, if that was like thirty, if this movie was thirty five minutes long, it would probably be good. I'll say that. I, I it's weird because I actually thought the tennis movie could have been a lot longer, uh, but yeah, yeah. it's the, weird. I think I this is know. the other Dan Deacon thing that Jesse had referenced. Already. Yes, this is the other Dan Deacon yeah. uh, score. It's a good yeah, it's a good score. score. It makes yeah. the sort of footage that it's uh, yes. sort of rendering and capturing a little more interesting and watchable. But it's just not. Yeah. It's just it's like one of those documentaries where it's like his sort of experimental nature and it's like we watched all those experimental short films last year jesse for the new york film festival and it sort of mm-hmm. gave me a renewed yeah. appreciation about the style of experimental film and the style of this film in general just like being able to capture things by contrast and being l- able to give people the space to l- sort of draw their own conclusions mm-hmm. but i think all light everywhere just ex- seems to have existed at like too much of a remove for me to where i was just like i don't know if we need an hour worth of this guy just taking us through his taser factory or whatever. I don't know if this is that compelling. And it's just like, it's trying to not be like beat over the head of like the surveillance state is bad and we should not be saying, which I, I, I appreciate, but also I wish he had replaced that energy with something else because it's just not any of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that it's a movie that seems to be, we seem to be on the low end of reactions. I've heard a lot of people who really like it. So, may- I don't know. Maybe we're just missing something. Or It won a, it won uh, a special jury award for nonfiction experimentation. Right. I should say that on my behalf. I shouldn't put that on Amelia. Yeah. yeah, no. I can see how somebody would appreciate it. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we need to talk about prisoners of the ghost land i feel like we were all just like eh. uh i was not just am eh, but i i also don't even have i i liked it a lot but oh i didn't even know you'd see yeah it. Okay. but i don't even but i don't even know that i have a lot to say about it um yeah i think there's maybe yeah. several movies that we have more to say yeah. about. i'm I, I'll, I'll say this i'm a i'm a sono fan i think the the, the yeah. match of, of of him and cage is pretty tremendous there's there's a Emilio said this on, on Letterboxd. There's like a god tier joke with a bicycle that I think is worth seeing. 
Um, right. And there's a great Jim Croce moment, and, you know, it's... But it's... It is what it says on the tin, you know? It's like, it, like if you hear right, Nick Cage right. and, and Sono are going to make a movie together, this is this is that. Like, Andy, you hadn't even seen a Sono movie, and I think that you, like, knew what it was going to be, you know? Correct, yeah. yeah. I was, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like... Yeah. The Nick Cage of it all, I think, is even enough right. to be like, and you know what this movie is And I guess be. the big thing is that this is the one movie where I really mourned not being able to, like, see it with the people. Because um, it, sure. it would definitely increase the experience. Uh, but it's it's fun, and I definitely get why Andy especially <laughs> did not vibe with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this. I, I am soft into it. I appreciate it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very funny yeah. movie with a lot of cool moments. I think yeah. I sort of broke myself on Sono by watching Why do you, Don't You Play in Hell First. Because right. that is a movie that start it starts kids it starts like teenagers right it starts like mm-hmm. these very like fun energetic propulsive set of characters which sort of i think suits his style more for me in terms of just yeah. like it propulses the movie and it keeps you going and i'm just like yeah i'm rooting for these kids then like i've had the similar experience with both this and tokyo drive which are movies that i'm sort of soft in tokyo drive i maybe mm-hmm. like less than this because i just like yeah. movies that are just like a sung through musical just exhaust me which is like a take that i i have to unpack someday but we'll just sit with that now <laughs> but and when it's trying to do like the cool tough like interesting genre stuff i am sort of bored by it and totally, people like yeah. cage in this i like cage in it when he has his moments to shine it it's funny but I also am like, I th- I think I was just sort of expecting a little more energy or a little more zap or a little something. Yeah, that's like this yeah. is like I thought he got a little lost in it's it. It's kind like, of he's... slow, honestly. Like, yeah. which is a problem in 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 some ways. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like I think it like his age is maybe starting to show a little yeah. bit. Like he yeah. really I mean, can't do it, go as hardcore as he used to. Yeah, but I think um, it's age. Yeah. I think it's more than a little slow. I think it's I found it. Tremendous. Yeah, slow. The, here's the biggest problem with it. The Ghostland is sort of boring and uninteresting. For a movie called The, right. the Prisoners yes. of the no, Ghostland, yes. the Ghostland right. is like mm-hmm. the least interesting part about it. No, that is I I'm I'm very with you on that. There are some sparks, but like you 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 can never really like there there's there's no shape or personality to the Ghostland itself beyond the inciting incident that creates the Ghostland and that in itself is like all right like there's no one there to really latch onto as a character except for uh the rat man and his rat clan who of course are is the, the greatest character in all of sundance um and the guy who reads withering heights that's also great um but these are just they're just like little quirks it's not an identity in any way which is yeah it doesn't feel like which a place. really it, it, yeah, and it's like yeah. samurai town or whatever it's called also doesn't really no. feel like a real no. place that people live in but at least it has no the fact that it's samurai town for you to be yeah, like exactly. yeah there's stuff here yeah it's it's fine yeah. like i yeah it's it fine has I, a I enjoyed it watching it that acquired it okay it is it's the yeah, zoller yeah it's r l j e film who are the, okay. the zoller people who distribute a lot of like genre weird stuff like they're also the like mandy people they put out the tax right. collector oh, well, yeah, yeah 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 the, the Zollers actually have an interesting sounding movie coming out maybe this year with aliens called Alpha Gang. Just side note, they seem to be really into that like genre stuff uh, lately. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, a lot of that sort of, again, they yeah. put out the tech collector this year. Stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably never going to see it again. No, me neither. Yeah. 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 Uh, if we're talking the 31st, yeah. yeah go, okay. I mean, I'll just say that, like, Sona's one of those guys 
where it's a, it's like it's sort of the festival thing where a lot of like festival directors uh, have this, which I sort of appreciate. Where it's just like he'll fucking just make movies, and it's like sometimes they're good, sometimes yeah. they're not, yeah. and it's like fine. He'll just keep making yeah. them, and sometimes when they're good, I'll watch them and I enjoy it, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. people yeah. who are like not every step at the bat has to be a home run. This can be yeah. like a yeah. single. This could be a sure. sacrifice sure. fly. Yeah, nice. I like that. This can be a bunt. <laughs> <laughs> Prisoners of um, the Ghost Land, a bunt. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, the other things I saw on the 31st are Land, the Robin Wright movie, which was boring. Uh, and then um, <laughs> Together Together was the which other thing I good. saw, which okay. I really liked. That's the, it's the my Patty second Harrison, favorite right? movie. The festival. Yeah, yeah okay. Patty yeah. Harrison is incredible. She's so good. She's awesome. a real star in that movie. She that needs rolls. to be, just get a movie every year. That yeah, that's what I, that's what my letterbox review is. Awesome. Yeah, um, it's it's really charming and funny. Like there's Julio uh, Julio Torres is a real scene stealer in it. Um, yeah, Patty Harrison is just tremendous, and I think like this, it, like I said, like this is a fun mode for Helms, who like yes. has struggled to find I think like mm-hmm. a movie persona, uh, mm-hmm. and has like had tried a lot of things, and I don't know if I've he struggled to do a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> he's the I, worst yeah. character on the Office. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. I I really liked him in the very bad second Lake Bell movie that I do before I don't or whatever it was called. Mm. Like, I think he was very good in that, but that movie's not good. I feel like there's maybe some weird thing I like him in, too. Yeah, he's, like, good in indie movies, I think, is, like, the thing about Ed Helms. And, like, he's not really good. Yeah. I, uh, places. I, I'm afraid to see this movie ever again. Um, but I think he's pretty great in Jeff Who Lives at Home. In fact, I definitely will never see that movie again. I saw it when mm. I was 21, which is around the time it came out. Um, yeah, I saw that movie at like fourteen, yeah. and was like, "Yeah, that's all right." Yeah, um, but I do think he's, he's good. probably good. He, no, that. I think he absolutely is. It's just, it's, it's, it's also that's my fondest memory of Jason Siegel from two thousand and eleven. But um, uh, mm-hmm. but like it's it's, <laughs> sorry, Andy. Uh, but Please. yeah, no, I mean Ed Helms is really really good when he's got some genuinely like human material to work oh, with. Oh, of course. Yeah. He's good as Captain Underpants. That's the thing. Oh, fuck no, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, a fucking American <laughs> classic. Uh, great film. Um, <laughs> but when he is, when he has to connect with people on a very, I mean, it's one of the things that like, I'm a very casual office fan, but I, and I really don't care for like the later seasons as a whole, but he's sure. really good in them because he really taps into some genuinely honest, like anger management shit that I think is like, sometimes yeah. too broad but it they, makes yeah, it work sure. yeah. they they come and go with like figuring out him on the office like, absolutely like they, he's always it takes good. a they while and go and then they and then they go <laughs> <laughs> yes um <laughs> but yeah uh but but yeah i together the other thing like together together is like mm-hmm. it's an interesting story because yeah. it's like just like an yes. unusual relationship of like uh, a single man who decided he wants to be a father and his surrogate, yeah. uh, and like they like it charts their relationship really well. You're really with Patty Harrison as she is like navigating how mm-hmm. uncertain she is mm-hmm. about what she wants this relationship to be yeah. and like what she's comfortable with and all that. Like it's that all is like handled superbly, I think. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, and then like yeah, and the jokes are funny and like it's like a really enjoyable like hour 40 minute like indie movie uh with a lot of comedians you like in it like it's like it's like it's a very solid sort of of version of the thing it is yeah Mm -hmm. awesome yeah i'll say my only 
mild issue that I take with it is that it's a so it's a one thing I like about it maybe is that it's a movie that's like we don't need to show you everything we can <laughs> end a scene before you'd think we need to end it we it, like they know when to kind of get out what you don't need to see but then the one thing that it feels like it's maybe missing especially because there are several scenes in which they go see a therapist uh played by Tignataro who's pretty good uh it feels like the movie should end with them setting clear boundaries and it doesn't mm. it ends with them just being like interesting huh? yeah. yeah um yeah but yeah i do i yeah i really recommend it uh if it's it's a bleaker street street release i believe mm. it was coming in cool um okay so they're usually pretty good about like at least releasing their movies uh yeah. you'll probably have to pay for it but uh it's it's what it's worth it with your blood yeah. no um, just with money there is a great <laughs> scene where uh patty harrison goes like just goes out of nowhere to ed helms can you tell me what a period is? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, every, and then yeah. Just like, and then it segues. Yes. To, also, uh, everything him. with uh, Ed, where Ed Helms's money is from, I think, is very fun because <laughs> right. he's he's made this like weird app that is just uh, it's like Tinder but with no like matching. So it's yes, just you literally just look at people you just swipe and you through can favorite people. them or not, and if you favorite them, you can keep looking at them, and if you don't favorite them, you'll never see them again. Yeah, that's a real, that's a really it's, funny. which is a really funny idea. Yes. And like ever, yeah, it's it's done a couple times. It comes up a couple times in the movie, and it's like very delightful. That's every really time funny. Funny. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, strong recommend on together together. Yeah, cool. Um. Okay, anything else for the 31st, anyone? Yes. We're, we're closing no. in on the end. Yeah, folks. yeah, yeah. I've got one, yeah. and I don't have much okay. on it. Um, but, it, I mean, it's it's one of the better films I saw. But it's uh, I saw The Pink Cloud, um, the, uh, the, uh, the Brazilian film um, uh, that was made pre-pandemic, but is about a pandemic, about people who, if they spend... So a pink cloud appears, and if they spend... If people spend more than 10 seconds outside with the pink cloud in the air, they will die, and it keeps them indoors for years and years and years and years. And I cannot tell you all why i bought a ticket for it um i'd heard it was very good it's uh I, I, people that i knew that people people i really like um and respect really liked it i also really liked it but like boy not a thing to watch right now um i did, did, did but it, like I, I like i really like i had to it took me the full four hour period to watch it mm-hmm. i was just very like mm-hmm this is like too much and it's very funny and has a great lead performance and it like is devastating in very good ways like just very good well-paced storytelling um but like fucking wait till like let's be safe and say 2020 like three to watch it because it's just like mm-hmm. you know, yeah yeah the too too close to home in a way that like actually made me very upset um in a way that like film does not usually make me upset so mm-hmm. yeah okay. yeah that's it pink cloud that's that's speaking, it for the 30 yes. for me. Speaking of films that you would think would make you upset, uh on the first I saw Mass, uh which right. um is the last movie really I guess I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Judas and the Black Messiah sure. too, but um uh Mass is the Fran Kranz movie which uh I treated <laughs> with some skepticism up uh upon its announcement because it's written and directed by Fran Kranz America's and the log great line, dramatist Fran Yes. Kranz. 
um, who uh, mostly is in Joss Whedon product projects. Uh, mm-hmm. Cabin um, in the Woods. I recently like, on my show people. reassessed yeah. his performance in Cabin in the Woods, which I thought was tremendous when I was 22, and I now think is incredibly bad. Oh. Yeah. Um I saw him in a uh a play uh about uh Joe Papp at the at the public uh, a few years ago. He was ago. in Death he of a Salesman with uh Philip Summer Hoffman. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but yes, but but he's like, you know, it's his writing directing debut and the log line is like the the two parents of uh one one parents of a child who has died in a school shooting and the parents of the child who committed the school shooting are going to meet and have a conversation is like the log line of the movie. Sounds and so, so I good. had a certain amount of dread in it uh, going in. But the thing is the four actors are, uh, and out, uh, the aforementioned, uh, Reed Burney, um, uh, Jason Isaacs and, uh, Martha Plimpton, uh, that's four, four tremendous kisses. actors. Yeah. That's a, yes. Yeah. And, and, and a, a staggering lineup of performers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so I was very surprised that, like, the premise was not too much for me. And I think, like, the the movie is, like, it's very writerly. Like, everyone has been say- being like, I can't believe this wasn't a play because it just takes place in one room. Which And so people, when things are com- in com- singular locations, people think that that's a play. Um, <laughs> but I know. Malm, Krug, Kaka. Ka. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I... The, so it's like it's very writerly i think like in the way that like you know revelations come out at a certain point and like you know two-thirds of the way through this x character is going to start crying or like like it's you you really feel like the, the the structure and like the way that everyone's maybe a little more articulate than they would be in real life in it but it is like an excuse to watch these like four tremendous actors really just like dig in yeah to like deep material and i was totally gripped by it and like just like the chance to watch these four like tremendous performers really like play the whole range play like from the awkwardness of beginning to like the moment when like they start revealing like what they really want out of each other and stuff like like it hits all the beats you expect it to be to hit uh it's not doing anything super groundbreaking i think in terms of like dealing with like school shootings and review and like thinking about where those things are in Mm -hmm. our culture and that sort of like like i don't think it's like changing the world or anything but i think like just like i was surprised how uh, how watchable and gripping i found it in that like it was just like yeah four tremendous performers who were like given an opportunity when you told when you told me that i was like incredibly shocked it sounds like just like the most absolutely dour shit and i'm the one who bought Mm -hmm. a ticket to the pink cloud so um yeah it it just yeah i i'm actually really delighted to hear that because of what a stellar cast that is yeah Yeah. and i mean like i think it will not be for everyone i um, you know it i think it's not truly great but it is like just like i think it's like it's a it's a really interesting watch um is that a distributor yet that's i don't think so It was in the premieres section, okay. I think. Um, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Did anyone see anything on Monday? I assume Andy must. Have. Wild India. Uh, yes. I mean, I saw. Um, uh, yeah. This. Th- yeah. This was on Monday that I saw uh, Mass, and then Judas and the Black Messiah is the other thing that I saw. Uh, which, uh, is very good. Um, it's, you know, it's, uh, 
everything you would expect it to be like the performances are great the music is great mm-hmm. uh i think it's i found it a little hard to track at times perhaps because it was like my second to last movie um uh in the festival but like the ending is like a real gut punch and like really strong it's like very exciting that this is like a studio movie that like everyone's gonna be able to see in two weeks on hbo max mm-hmm. or whatever i think yeah. a lot of people are really gonna respond to it um I'm excited to have it in, like, the awards conversation for this year. Um, yeah, it's very solid, and, you know, I imagine most of our listeners are already excited for it, and I would say you should continue to be excited cool. for it. Yeah, I'm jazzed. Soon. And uh-huh. that's pretty All much right. it for me. Um, I saw The World to Come, which I don't mm-hmm. have many thoughts on, again, because yeah. it was my yeah. 26th feature. Right, you know, I will be seeing that later this evening. Yeah. I saw Mayday and and common common sentiment, which is that I really wanted to like it. Um, and it's a good looking movie. Uh, Mia Goth is really charming in it. Um, and I mm-hmm. really like Grace Van Patten, but there's just it's not it's not, there's not a lot there. It's very um, feels like an attempt to like reclaim Sucker Punch in some ways, which like I feel like is a pretty basic take on it. But I, I, I it's not not very good. That's all. Well, I saw two great movies last Hell night. Yeah. Uh, one of them is Together Together, yeah. which we talked about. But then the other one, uh, which I was not on my radar, though uh, I, it turned out I am slightly familiar with the uh, filmmaker mm-hmm. uh, Jane Schoenbrunn, who was involved on a producer level with uh the eye slicer which was like an anthology of shorts uh that got put together uh but this is their uh directing feature debut at least uh uh which is we're all going to the world's fair which is really really excellent uh i don't know that i have a ton to say about it i think there have already been uh some really good there has already been some really good writing about it i'm gonna have uh in the description i'm gonna link to uh sam bedrogen's piece on it but it's uh about this young woman who becomes involved in just this weird section of the internet called the World's Fair Challenge, uh, and then eventually kind of forms this very strange relationship with this uh, adult man who is the only other named character in the movie, and he's just named uh, JLB, which I assume stands for James L. Brooks. Uh, uh... and and we do also uh, she she never sees him uh he they they talk on Skype but he has his camera off we do see him throughout the film uh though he's just in this like huge empty house i think maybe you see another person in the background in it at some point uh and like she seems to live with a single father who she doesn't really get along with uh like his only line is like coming up to her room and being like shut the fuck up it's 3 a.m uh what yeah it's it's 
I'm not going to say the way it's been described to me because I think it's a disgusting way of describing the movie. Not like morally disgusting, just uh, in terms of a film that sure. I don't like at all. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it and there is some like screen as uh, um, movie stuff. Like sometimes yeah. you're seeing what one of them is looking at. Like you'll... Like, sometimes one of them will just let something, let videos autoplay, mm -hmm. which is actually how they meet, is that he creates a video that is kind of designed to get her attention that uh, autoplays for her, uh, which that's, like, a really cool scene where she, like, goes out to a barn and starts playing it on a, playing stuff on a projector, and then this movie, this thing that's, like, what is her name? Is it Claire? I'm forgetting, uh, but it's like, uh, I need to talk to you. I think you might be in trouble. Uh, and it, yeah, the, the, what is the reality of this film is always really interesting to think about. And then it gets kind of blown up at the very end. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't think it has any kind of distribution yet, uh, but I'm really excited for more people to see it. Um, Actual breaking news, also, again, Netflix, again, uh, is nearing a deal to pick up Passing for uh, $15 million. Cool. That, sure. feels, that, feels that right. seems feels like right. some Netflix yeah. shit. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Rebecca Hall, having, having, having a year. Good year for sure. her. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, like, uh -huh. I was reading this long article about, like, what people were expecting the market to be at this year's Sundance and, like, the acquisitions of right. the movies. And there was, like, some some interesting, like, points made and, like, some interesting perspectives shared that I don't know if I completely agree with, though. It's, like, I have almost no experience in this field, so what do I know about, like, the sort of, like, why windows are limited and why there's a limited amount of tickets and how that sort of thing mm -hmm. affects, like, the sales of a movie of just, like, being able to just, like, show a group of people something and then, like, close off access so then people who want to watch it and buyers and bidders have to, like come to people and make those deals but i think it's interesting just like how few deals they seem to be made like a lot of the stuff we've talked about today seems to ha not have distribution including i think that's normal and i think there's also less movies than usual there is less movie i don't know i i guess like in a normal year i would expect like on the count of three to have distribution and other stuff maybe have distribution I think I think distribution deals, even for some of the big movies, always come out in like the week following the festival. Yeah, I remember we were waiting a while for like um, the Nest the to nest, get it picked up. The Nest yes. took several months, I think. Yeah, and like Shirley was maybe like a little bit of a wait too last year. No, um, or no, no. Sure, Neon bought Shirley within okay. like a week. No, I yeah. Was it one like I'm pretty sure Shirley came into Sundance. I, Maybe. That's possible. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Just seems weird to me. These virtual festivals. Very yeah. weird vibe, I'll say. For yeah. sure, yeah. Hard to gauge buzz. But anyway, we should yeah. go. We should probably wrap up, yeah. yeah we're, we should wrap up. Yeah, we've still got uh, an interview to come. <laughs> yeah, we... We'll go ahead and cut to the interview, and then... Uh, 
maybe me and Andy and Amelia will come back with our uh, wrap up. But uh, Jack, thank you for joining yeah. us. And would you like to plug in? I would. Yes. Um, I have a show. Uh, it's called Ain't Debuts. Uh, I talk about filmmakers and their their first uh commercially released feature films uh and uh and you know what uh emilio was one of the first guests talked about perfect blue uh an episode that i love uh cullen's not here but he was on uh the not fade away episode we talked about david chase and um that was great uh and uh jesse you're gonna be on in a bit we're gonna talk about kelly reichardt and uh and, and i'm very excited i thought we were gonna keep it a surprise yeah I i'm gonna say it on air uh you can bleep it out on if All you right. want uh no that's uh andy we're doing fosse soon which is hell great. yeah and then this is the surprise. Uh, I'm I'm bringing all of you on. Well, you know this. But <laughs> oh, we announcing this? We're not oh, announcing. Yeah. We're not announcing. Oh, okay. it. We are not. Oh, okay. Announcing we're not it. saying what it is. No, we're not okay. saying what it is. Uh, it is a fucking corker of an episode. Uh, it's relevant uh-huh. to. It's relevant to Can. Uh, it's relevant to the premise of my show, and and I really can't wait. Uh, you all agreed to do it, um, and it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty pretty tremendous. Uh, Andy and I have been talking a lot about plans for it. It's mm-hmm. going to be really fun. Hmm. There um, might be some purchases happening. We'll see. There might be some purchases mm. happening. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Uh, but that episode, I mean, it's always a way it's going to drop in May uh, and we'll, we'll schedule the recording that soon, but also just a future one that I'm very excited mm-hmm. about. Um, Peter, Peter Bushman um, uh, is going to be on to talk about a pretty wild animated film that he loves. His episode of Can I Kick It is my favorite one. Um, and I'm pretty fucking excited for that. So, yeah, and we're going to be talking about that soon. And that's all I got. Uh, call your friends. All right. Well, we are going to cut to our interview. Right. And then uh, we'll be back in a little bit. Cool. Okay. So I am now joined by the directors of Strawberry Mansion, Albert Burney and Kentucker Audley. Hello. Yeah. Thank you so uh, both so much for talking to me. I wanted to start by asking, uh, since this is a movie about dreams, I thought it might provide some context just to ask how both of you experience dreams. <laughs> I'll Great question. Go. Yeah. Um, I well, first off, yeah, I I find massive inspiration from from my dreams. Um, I mm. I don't do as much anymore, but for about a decade in my twenties, uh, I kept a dream journal next to my bed and um, just wrote every every dream I could remember down. And the more I did that, the more I would remember and for years I would go back and look at those and just find little snippets of ideas and, and things. But um, yeah, I'd say I, my dreams are very like detailed and they're, most of them are very kind of like, you know, I'm in pretty mundane situations, whether I'm in my house with friends or family where I'm in some recognizable place that I know. Um, but I think, you know, what I love about the dreams is just how free they are and how they change and, and morph and, how your sister all of a sudden becomes your, you know, second grade teacher. And then your second grade teacher becomes your, your friend, like your, you know, childhood best friend, like, and just like the fluid nature of them. And um, so that's what I, I really am inspired by that aspect of dreams, kind of like how the fluidity of them, how they can, you know, just, and you believe them, you go along with them. You're never kind of like, oh, you're not my sister anymore. You're just kind of like, oh, 
going on, you know, or it's kind of like, I, I love that about them. And I think that was one major inspiration for this is to try to like create a dreamscape that, that honored that, that feeling. Yeah, I, I would, I would echo all that. I think there's something that we do, we don't ever experience in our, on our everyday life of like this, um, expansiveness of, of dreams i i've kind of gone back and forth on what what i want out of dreams over the years and for the longest time i i try to sort of try to control them and, and and there are definitely moments when i can kind of lock into this sort of like choose your own adventure-ness of the dreams and and i recently i've sort of stopped trying to do that because I'm wondering if it's like short circuiting what dreams are supposed to, to be. And it's sort of the consciousness is kind of ruining what a dream is supposed to function as. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think there's obviously so important. There was a, there was a, a really long monologue in the film about sort of just uh, that got cut out where Penny's character, Bella talked about the importance of dreams and how, how they are, they they function in our lives and how they're so essential to our day-to-day -day functioning and, and working through issues and working through psychological uh, complexities. And I, I really loved those sentiments, but it just kind of felt like shoehorning them in. But um, mm -hmm. it's a really fascinating subject to hopefully people are able to just use the film as a, as a starting point to talk about the, about dreams in general. But um, yeah. That's a good question. It's a hard one to it's a hard one to answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And one more quick thing I'll say about dreams is I, I remember having a dream, you know, certain dreams stick with you your whole life. I remember having one when I was like 12 where I fell in love with someone in the dream. And when I woke up in real life, I was like kind of heartbroken. You know, it was mm -hmm. like and it was maybe the first time I had experienced heartbreak as in, in my life. And even though it wasn't quote unquote like real, it wasn't reality, the feeling was real. The, the feeling of heartbreak, heartbreak was real. And I think that too often is kind of like dreams are just thought to be these silly, like non consequential, inconsequential things, but like, they're, they're so real, the feelings of them. And to this day, still, I'll have dreams where I wake up and I'll be mad at someone because in my dream, they were mad at me or they were, you know, made me upset. And then in, for like the first 15 minutes a day, you're kind of like, wait, why, why am I feeling so angry for this towards this person you realize oh it's not a real feeling but anyway just like the feeling of dreams and how real that feels I think that was something we also were you know very aware of in the movie like mm -hmm. let's let's make sure that the the emotion and and the, the feeling behind these dreams is, is real and true right so then I actually have a couple questions kind of about how the script came together uh there's a lot of sort of non-linear elements in the film especially with uh Bella's character did that affect how especially initially the script came together yeah um you know I think so you know I've been working this script the first draft of it was written in um 2010 I think so it's been it's hard to know where how it was put together I think it, it was like kind of in bits and pieces. There were there were certain scenes and images that just came and had never left. And then there was a lot of stuff that was just added in the last couple of years when Kentucky and I started working on it together. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's hard. It's, I don't know if you have a better idea, well, Kentucky, of how say, it's, it gives you have enormous flexibility. I think when the movie's about dreams and when when you're not getting getting too bogged down 
with the logic and the particulars of, of, um, of, of always making sense. And you're just allowing yourself the freedom to roam and anything can be around the corner. And it, it's, it's tricky because you don't want to alienate your audience and you don't want to treat that bond between an audience and filmmaker with disrespect. But you do, you do have, to me, I, I don't, I, I didn't feel pinned into conforming to logic or conforming to what we, what we set the movie out to be initially. I think it can kind of, like over the years, it just sort of like, oh, this would be like, I, I'm thinking of the, the desert island sequence, which is, a, which is a very late addition to the film. And Albert, I remember wrote, wrote me this email a couple, a couple years ago with this like, uh, this narration that he had written while, while being at the beach. And I was just like, I don't really know, this doesn't really feel like the movie up till that point, but I don't see why not. I, I love, the, you know, I love the way it feels and I love like locking into this different sort of aspect of what we love about movies. I mean, we, we think of that as kind of a Badlands sequence, like a Terrence Malick sequence um, that, uh, that we're like, I, I would love to just make something that feels like that and it doesn't really have any precursor uh, beforehand in the film, but you just, you just kind of taking it as it goes and you're just sort of like al allowing the movie to go where it wants to go and just trying to stay fresh and excited as filmmakers. And hopefully the audience is like, okay. You know, it's, it's a really hard, hard balance to find of that absurdity and that, um, and that's that surreal setup that we, we, we allow, but also just um, giving ourselves the, the space to go where it wants to go. Okay, and then uh, also about the script process, uh, the production design is really foregrounded in the film. Did that kind of come into the process earlier than it might on other projects? Yeah, I think that's just like, I, I just love that aspect of filmmaking, kind of like making the props, designing the machines, you know, designing the brand, the logos, all of this stuff. Like to me, that's almost, it, it comes more naturally, I think, than like writing the script and kind of figuring all that out. So um, I've been working on that as long as this I, has been an idea. You know, I've been like amassing little folders of, of images. And, um, and then w once we realized, okay, we're actually going to be able to make this, uh, the production designer, Becca Morin, and I just started, I think about five or six months before we began filming, just started building all these things and, and painting and hot gluing and, um, you know, the the fly, the little fly that appears in the movie, you know, I had that fly for six years in just a little cassette tape box, keeping it safe. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, six years earlier, we weren't ready to, to make the movie, but I knew, okay, if I, if I can hold on to this fly, then that's one thing that I won't have to find, you know, many years mm -hmm. on the road. So for me, it's like, I, I'm always looking for little objects and um, you know, it's like a big puzzle piece. Like, how are we going to make this movie? Well, we need all these different parts. Let me start collecting them and putting them together. And um, yeah, it's just, I, I love, I love that. I love getting my hands dirty and just making this stuff. Okay. And then uh, about the, the casting, basically everyone who shows up in the film, it's like, oh, really cool to see that person in the movie. Uh, you know, whether it be there's multiple uh, Tony nominations and a win or uh, Linus Phillips, who I know 
was involved uh, in consulting on the script. How did the cast kind of come together like that? Um, yeah. The, the hard the hard part to cast was was Penny Fuller, the uh, woman who plays Bella. We knew that the the film rested on her shoulders and it sort of built around her and it was all about her and it was so hard to find that we looked for years for the right person uh for this for this role and and um because they had to have such spark and they, they had to have such like this eternal knowingness in their eyes and just have such a a a, a free spirit and um be very physical and 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 you know a, a lot of people of that age aren't quite as um as spry as she is and she just embodies a younger person so once we found her we knew we we, we were on you know we could we could start the movie and um and she turned out to be it turned out to be right in terms of the other uh, actors linus phillips yeah we took a, a class with him to script write, and he he uh over the course of the script writing class we realized that we needed another like another character and then we we're like okay it could be it could be him because uh he kind of he was a, a heavy hand in, in coming up with the character. Um, Grace Glowicki, the one, woman who plays younger Bella, is just a very talented actress out of talent, uh, Toronto that we've just always loved in the last four or five years and all uh, a lot of short film work and she makes her own movies as well. And she's very just a brilliant mind. Uh, to, Albert, you can talk about his family. Yeah, and then it's my uncle Reed and uh, my aunt Connie and their son Ephraim, and uh, you know that was kind of a no-brainer. They're all actors; they're all great actors. And knowing we needed a family in this, it, it just made sense. And uh, you know, growing up watching uh, my uncle Reed and aunt Connie act in things, it's um, you know it's always a dream to to get them together playing playing across from each other. And uh, Connie had a small role in our previous film, Silvio, and so did Ephraim. So we've, we've worked with them before and, you know, it felt just always like the thing I really wanted was to get Reed in there because he's, you know, I think he's been my whole life. I've seen him in things and it was uh, so fun just to, to have him play this this kind of villain, mm -hmm. villainous evil son in the movie. And um, yeah, I just felt so lucky with all these actors. You know, it was like they all just totally embodied their their characters. And, and I think even when they didn't 100% understand the script or kind of where the, you know, the, the dreams and realities merged and the metaphysical elements and all these things, they, they just trusted us to, to kind of figure it out. And, and they gave us these great performances that were kind of perfect, I think. Um, and yeah, very, just very thankful for all of them. And as far as the lead actor, me, uh, I, I, we cast me because we couldn't afford a real actor. So, and we knew that I could, I would work for free. So um, we try to put all of the money into the production design, into the visual landscapes. And then uh, it usually actors require a lot of money, but I don't. All right, well, uh, before we wrap up, maybe it's a little early for this question, but uh, if people are hearing this interview and want to check the movie out, do you have any ideas where it might be going post Sundance? No, that's, I, we, yeah, we don't quite know yet. Um, Hopefully soon we'll have an idea, um, mm -hmm. but it will definitely, you know, be coming somewhere online. So uh, if people want to kind of follow us, we have an Instagram account called Strawberry Mansion Movie, and that will probably be one of the first places where where we put that information. So um, 
yeah to be determined okay great and i i love the movie so i'll be sure to mention to our audience when the next opportunity to see the film is thank you so much right. that's great thank you jesse all right well thank you so much uh both of you for talking to me thank you so much hello my love i heard this from you all right so this is colin uh checking in at the end here i wasn't on the episode as you may have heard um i did not see any sundance movies I did I especially did not see any Sundance VR as I do not have the capabilities to do so. Um, but I was told that I'd be responsible for recording the outro this week to earn my keep on the podcast. So we're going to do that real quick. I would like to say special thanks to our guest, Jack Reed from the Ain't Debuts podcast uh, for hanging out the whole two hours that they seemingly recorded. Um... And also directors Kentucky Rodley and Albert Burney for talking to Jesse about their film Strawberry Mansion, which will probably be out sometime soon this year. Who can say? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Can I Kick It. You can follow us on Letterboxd at CIKIPod. You can donate to us if you would like to do so on coffee.com or Kofi.com. KO-FI.com slash can I C-A-N-N-E-S-I Jesse is on Twitter and Letterboxd at JP Glick Weber. Weber has two B's. Um, Since no one is here, I'm going to plug something for everybody. Uh, Jesse would like to plug the playwright Annie Baker. She's always talking about her plays. uh, The Flick, I think, specifically is one that gets mentioned a lot in the group DM. Uh, Andy is on every social media platform. You cannot find a single one that he is not on at Andy T. Germ. And he would like to plug the Hollywood Foreign Press and their decision to nominate the CFL Music for multiple Golden Globe Awards. Uh, Emilio is on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. And Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. Uh, he's still watching a bunch of anime. I think one he watched recently was Night is Short, Walk on Girl. So we'll throw one to that. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd at Clatchley, C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. And I watched, what's something? I watched the Jerry Lewis movie, The Ladies Man. Uh, really, really killer stuff. Gotta check that one out if you haven't seen it. Um, oh, actually... I watched uh, this movie called uh, Once Around. It's a Lossie Halstrom movie that is impossible to find. If you are interested in seeing this movie, uh, reach out to me on Twitter, uh, and I'll hook you up with it. Uh, great movie. It's a rom-com between Julie, uh, or sorry, between Holly Hunter and Richard Dreyfuss, uh, and her sister is Laura San Giacomo, and her parents are Danny Aiello and Jenna Rollins. It's just a killer, killer cast, and no one's seen this movie. Uh, So, yeah, hit me up if you want to see this, you know, pretty, like, solid movie from the 90s that no one has ever talked about. Um, And then we'll say uh, thank you to Tree Related for our theme song. Uh, You can find his music on Spotify or SoundCloud.com slash Tree Related. 
and then thank you the audience for listening you know feel free to rate review or subs- uh, subscribe if you haven't already <laughs> Uh, and I this week get to release the audience. So bye. Same window, yellow candy screen, six fingers of pie.